You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to the 31st episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for everything related to Star Wars Episode 7, news, rumors, uh, Clone Wars, Lost Missions, and Star Wars Rebels, and all that other good stuff. All these brand new and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Doing good. Man, I thought it was exciting in our last episode, all the news we got, but this episode's more great stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think last episode still might have been just slightly more exciting because we finally got confirmation of the Clone Wars Season 6 and finally got a release date and, uh, you know, distribution information for that, knowing that it's coming out on Netflix at the end of this week, uh, about four days left as of the time we're recording this episode, so... Really excited for that. But yeah, we've got some more details about that, a couple of videos to talk about this week, as well as a whole lot more details on Star Wars Rebels. And, you know, of course, it wouldn't be an episode of The Saga Continues without some Episode 7 rumors. So we've got all that good stuff coming up. But uh, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. And we'll start kind of where we picked up on our, or kind of where we left off on our last episode. Um, we talked about uh, some of the Star Wars Rebels uh, characters that had been revealed and some stuff that had been revealed at Toy Fair, and uh, we had gotten a couple new videos for Kanan and Ezra revealing those characters. Well, the day we put out our last episode, we got another new character reveal video for the character of Zeb, and then the following two days after that, we got two more character reveals for uh, Hera and Sabine, and so we now have the fully fleshed out uh, Star Wars Rebels crew. But, you know, let's just go through one at a time and talk about uh, each of these characters sort of in the order they were revealed. So uh, the first character that was revealed is Zeb, who, um, as we speculated, is kind of this big alien dude who, now that we've seen more of him, definitely looks like he's based off of the original Chewbacca concept art. But um, what looks really interesting about him to me, or what kind of sounds more interesting, I guess based on just sort of what they revealed in this intro video, is that he's not just, like, the big, brawny brute of the group that's going to go around and smack stormtroopers around, but he's also um, kind of smarter and funnier than his appearance might let on, and he's kind of, um, you know, witty and a wisecracker and uh, can kind of figure some stuff out, and he's not just, like, the big, dumb brute that's going to go smash stuff down. Um, and just from the, the short clips that we saw in his reveal video um i think i'm going to go out on a limb here and say that zeb is going to be my favorite character in the show Um, obviously we're going to have to you know wait till we actually see the show and see uh how things turn out um you know ezra maybe could surprise me and turn out to be a character that i really like i also think kanan looks really cool but yeah i i love zeb 
Um, especially me being a really tall guy, as I've gotten older, I've kind of developed a special bond with Chewbacca, just being sort of the big guys in the group. Um, and I think Zeb is going to be a welcome addition to that. And especially because, like I said, he's not just a big guy, but he's also, you know, really funny and smart, it seems like. So I'm looking forward to that character a lot. Yeah, this is a great video. I think out of all the videos, this one might have been my favorite just because it was I didn't know really what to expect from Zeb because I was always thinking, is he just going to be that brute character, kind of like Chewbacca? Maybe he won't even speak uh, the basic language. It'll just be like grunts that you would hear him. But no, I was kind of surprised when it was fully announced and we found out that Steve Bloom is doing his voice, which uh, he does a lot of voice acting for video games and anime, but I mostly know him from doing the voice of Wolverine for all the Marvel animated stuff. And you can kind of... Zeb still kind of has that voice that I'm familiar with, but I think he changed it up enough to be something different. He put like a little accent in there. And just how the characterization of Zeb seems like he's going to be a fun character to watch throughout the series because they talk about how he's he's like hates Chopper. He's not going to have a good relationship with him. So that should be some funny stuff. And how him and Ezra don't get off on the right foot. But then as the series develops and the relationship grows, he's going to kind of be like the older brother figure to him also. And they're kind of develop a respect for each other. So all that stuff is cool. But then at the very end is probably my favorite part where they're talking about how he just loves to beat up on the stormtroopers. <laughs> and mm-hmm. even one of the dialogue clips, like Kanan's all, hey, are you fighting stormtroopers? <laughs> like he's going to go out of his way to get in fights with them. And you just see the different ways he's going to take them out. You see him knocking their two heads together and all of that. So he's going to be definitely a fun character to watch. And there was actually one shot in there of concept art that I think looks really cool, and I hope that makes it into an actual episode, is where you see Ezra and Zeb running across a field with some ATSTs walking all around them. It's almost like a, that scene in Jurassic Park where they're running away from the Gallimimus. Yeah. Just looking around <laughs> at them. So it's like, that should be a pretty cool se- action sequence if it makes it into the episode. It's like, that's something that just jumped out right at me when I saw that. I mean, the chase sequence with some ATSD, that's going to be cool. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't yeah. even catch that, but I'm sure it's seeing that in full animation, I probably definitely would notice the Jurassic Park reference if that's what they're going for. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, one thing you mentioned, I think that was probably my favorite part of the entire video was uh, when you see him knocking the two Stormtrooper heads together. And one thing I'm already noticing... Uh, with the animation style of Rebels, even just from these really brief glimpses that we've gotten, is that the characters seem a little bit more expressive than the characters in Clone Wars. Um, just, you know, the the faces seem maybe a little bit more flexible, like they're going a little bit more, um, I don't want to say over the top, but just sort of a little bit more big and expressive with the, the facial expressions and animations and things like oh. that. And so Zeb just has like this really kind of big sly smirk on his face as he's kind of just looking down at these two helpless stormtroopers and got their hands in the or got got their heads in the palms of his hands and then just kind of cracks them together yeah. <laughs> um and like you said steve bloom doing the voice i think sounds great because like i said that's just kind of one more element that uh kind of surprises you about this big guy is that he sort of has this Kind of gruff voice, but at the same time, you know, he has a British accent and, like I said, kind of sounds a little bit more um, smart and witty and just it's not necessarily a voice that you would expect to come out of this big brute looking character. So he seems like he's going to be multifaceted. In fact, it seems like he's going to (laughs) be this might seem like going out on a limb here or it might sound a little weird, but. He almost seems like what Jar Jar Binks should have been, 
which is a, a, a comic relief character, but instead of just bumbling all over the place and getting in people's way, like when stuff's going down, he's like the guy that's going to be thrashing the stormtroopers around, but then they get back on the ship and he's, you know, going to make you laugh by making some smart remark about it. So, I mean, he's not, doesn't seem like he's going to be comic relief in the same way that Jar Jar was obviously, but I'm just saying he does sort of seem like the, the comic relief sidekick, but also a tough fighter at the same time. Yeah, he definitely won't be getting through battles by causing accidents and mistakes no, like no. Jar Jar did. <laughs> he will not uh, get his foot stuck in a droidica and, yeah. <laughs> and use that to fire at all the stormtroopers. And I think he'll be able to catch a boomer if thrown to him. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, in fact, that would be kind of cool if maybe a stormtrooper like throws a thermal detonator and he just catches it and tosses it back Call of Duty style. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and then one other thing at the end of the video, and they kind of did this with all these videos, hinting that all these characters maybe have mysterious pasts or something or that they're going to sort of reveal more over the course of the show as to why these characters joined the Rebellion in the first place. But um, the very last thing they showed is concept art of Zeb looking – he looks like he's kind of walking across like a burning wasteland or something, and it seems – I mean, just sort of my my guess would be that – you know, the Empire conquered his planet or destroyed his planet or something, and that he is um, one of, if not the last of his species left, which kind of makes sense because we've never seen his species before. Um, But I don't know if he's the very last of his species because (laughs) Steve Bloom says something um, at the beginning of the episode, or at the beginning of this little video, and I don't know if this is, like, serious or or if he was just sort of making this up to be funny, but he's like, I play the character of Zed, also known as... Garazeb Aurelius, but only to his mom or something like that. So it's like, well, does he really have a mom? Is he the last of his species? I don't know. But it definitely seems like there aren't many of his species out there, and the Empire is probably to blame for that. But, um, yeah, it does seem like along with the comic relief and the action and the knocking stormtroopers around that there's going to be maybe another side that we're going to sort of slowly have revealed over time and figure out um, maybe some kind of dark past with him. Yeah, I actually like that there. I think that'd be pretty cool. Because even Dave Filoni in that video said we're kind of keeping his uh, the reveal of his actual species a secret for now. So they want it to be some surprise when you watch the series. So, But I like that theory you said of how he might be the last of his kind, except maybe for his mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like I said, I got that idea just from that concept art of seeing him emerge from some sort of burning wreckage or burning wasteland or whatever, but... Um, just that image itself invoked some sort of tragic past. Yeah, it was a pretty cool concept art image, too. There's been a lot of those in these videos. Like, yeah. they're going to make good wallpapers for my desktop. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, once we finally get a reveal. I've already got a couple of uh, Rebels concept art images as desktop images, but, you know, only the ones that they've released as, like, large, high-quality, um, you know, stuff in press releases, which have only been a couple images so far. Yeah, same here. I Probably by the time... Th- the series actually premiered, they'll have a nice collection of wallpaper or pictures to use as like a rotating wallpapers on my desktop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always got my wallpapers rotating, but I've got, you know, those Rebels ones in there and then I've got a ton of other, you know, pictures from Star Wars and Doctor Who and a bunch of other stuff that I like. So yeah. <laughs> I'm always looking for new stuff to add to the collection. No, exactly what you mean. But, but uh, yeah, so Zeb was our first character that we've got revealed and then uh, you want to go ahead and introduce our second character? 
Yeah, Sabine. She was actually the one I was wanting to see the most, just because the mystery surrounding her at uh, Toy Fair. And when we got the reveal that of her, her face and her name, but we didn't know too much of her background, like not even if she really is a Mandalorian. But the video did reveal that she is a Mandalorian. But the fact or the reason why she's with this group of rebels and she's going against the Empire is still a mystery, and I can't wait to find out why. <laughs> But um, her character seems pretty cool and something different from the Star Wars universe. I mean, they're describing her as kind of the artist of the group who likes to express herself. And she's going to be doing some tagging <laughs> with the Empire facilities. And even in some images, just like Stormtrooper bodies in their helmets, she just does some spray painting on there. And at first, you kind of think, I don't know if I could see that type of character fitting in the Star Wars universe. But in, just going by the video that we saw here, I think it's going to work. She seems someone who's going to be free-spirited and wants to express herself. At the same time, she is a Mandalorian. And since she has the armor, she looks like she's going to be someone who's not part of the pacifist of Mandalorian people that Satine was, but probably more on what Bo-Katan was. That's what I'm most interested in about her, just finding out where she comes from and if Sabine is related to Satine in some way. And I have to say, probably her and Kanan, while they might not be my favorite characters of the series, I'm going to probably have to wait to watch an actual few episodes to determine that. But I just think those are the two characters I'm most interested in, just wanting to find out more about their past and how they get to where they're at when the series starts. So, yeah, Sabine is the character I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more in the series. And just her design looks really cool. I just love how her Mandalorian helmet looks and so it's going to be really cool to see it in action because it seems like she's going to be one taking out a lot of different uh, imperial facilities and like tie fighter docking bays and stuff like that i think they describe her too as kind of like the weapons expert so yeah i think she's going to be a fun character to see also yeah she's supposed to be like the the weapons expert and the demolitions expert so yeah. she's the one you know blowing stuff up but uh yeah i mean i was at first, I, I think I was kind of like you where this was the character that I was most looking forward to seeing just because we got that reveal at Toy Fair and we had never seen or heard of this character before. And we're like, wait, there's a female Mandalorian? Okay, tell me more about this. Um, and then from seeing the video, I I, I liked her. I, I'm still sort of, um, I don't want to say on the fence because she does seem like a pretty cool character, but I still want to see more um, before I'm you know, like super impressed or anything. But um, I do think it's interesting that, yeah, she's kind of a graffiti artist. She's uh, likes to customize her armor and paint it up differently. And like you said, you know, she kind of leaves their mark whenever these group of rebels go and, you know, attack an Imperial target. She'll uh, leave some sort of artwork behind to basically let the Empire know that they did it. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Sabine's graffiti is sort of like their trademark or their calling card or something like that. Um, and, yeah, I think it is cool to have... Um, just sort of that type of character in the in the Star Wars universe who's sort of more artistic and expressive and free-spirited. And it's free-spirited, and like we said, it's just not something we've really seen before. But um, just, I mean, on the side that she is a Mandalorian and supposed to be the weapons expert and stuff, I want to see more of that now. Because they kind of explain that in the video, like they, they put that out there and say that, but then a lot of it focuses more on her personality and the graffiti and the artwork and stuff like that, which is cool, but I'm like, I want to see sort of how that balances with the the fighter side of her, because if you're going to say she's a Mandalorian, like she does have to be proficient with weapons and stuff, so I mean, once we see her in episodes actually like taking out Imperials and blowing stuff up, I think that'll be really cool to kind of see both sides of her. Um, and, uh, it's funny cause in that video, they had a couple of, uh, 
you know, a couple of Clone Wars Easter eggs where she yeah. spray painted a couple. She had like a Cad Bane face and an Embo face, like on the inside of their little uh, quarters there on the ship. Yeah, I hope that makes it into the actual episode, or like it's part of the ghost and not just some concept art stuff. Because I think that'd be really cool if it's yeah, actually in there. That would be pretty cool. But maybe uh, she has some uh, you ties know, with them, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm also interested, like you said, to see sort of what her background is and more sort of like how mandalore ties into all of this and sort of how we're going to find out more about that through her backstory because they do say i mean they don't maybe say explicitly in the in this video but just from the way they're talking about her and they say like yeah she's a mandalorian but she's turned against the empire that kind of makes it almost sound like mandalore is allied with the empire um and i'm like okay well how does that go although i guess if Almec is still the prime minister. Like he's definitely someone I could see siding with Palpatine and Tarkin and all those guys. Yep. Um, but you know, I mean the Mandalorians up to this point have never really been sort of their own faction at this point in, at this particular point in the star Wars universe. I mean, Boba Fett was always supposed to be like sort of the, um, yeah, the lone mysterious kind of guy. And, uh, at least in the official canon, I don't think he ever really had, um, you know, like a planet or a clan or anything that he came from. So, I mean, it's the the clone or the Mandalore that we know from the Clone Wars with you know the pacifists and the Death Watch and all that stuff. We have no idea how that's going to transition into um, you know where we're at in between episodes three and four. And so, it'll be pretty cool to see, uh, or at least hopefully find out at least a little bit of sort of where that's at uh, through Sabine and her character and kind of. Uh, you know, if she actually came from the planet Mandalore and like what made her leave and are they with the empire and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Really. That's kind of what I'm most excited for <laughs> about this character. Cause I'm hoping we see some background stuff. It just maybe what actually happened after the whole, uh, Darth Maul death watch arc, like who took control over Mandalore during that battle. And I do, I do think she's going to be somehow related to Satine's family and Bo-Katan, that way i know there's more people theorizing about how oh she could be the love child of obi-wan and satine that they never knew about <laughs> but i i don't know about that but i just think she's gonna have some connection to that family and i just hope it gets revealed in the series it's not something that's going to be too much of a mystery and i know we talked about this on our last episode about the other character reveals like how long are they going to keep the mysteries and background of these characters a secret so hope maybe some they will and others they'll reveal right away so We'll just have to wait and see, but yeah, I'm definitely intrigued with this character and just her background story and how she got to join this band of rebels. So again, another great character reveal. We just can't wait to see more of and seen in action when the series starts. Yeah, and it kind of seems like, at least from what we've seen so far, that um, just sort of with the way that they're kind of teasing at these backstories and things like that, it seems like... I don't think there'll be things that they keep a secret for a long time, but it'll be things that we sort of get slowly revealed over time. So, you know, in the first couple episodes, we might get at least a little bit of information or some sort of basic explanation about, you know, what happened to Zeb or why Sabine is fighting the Empire, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But um, then sort of either they might keep some stuff a secret that we get revealed later, or they might add more layers to it later that kind of add more depth to it. So yeah, that definitely uh, is, is something that I'm interested to see over the course of the series. Yep, just another reason to tune in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as if, as if star Wars in the title wasn't enough. Yeah. 
And then the final character that we've got revealed is Harrison Dula, the Twi'lek who you called it. She is the uh, the pilot and the captain of the ghost and owns the ship. And um, Kanan is sort of the, the leader of the group overall. But I guess I kind of compare it to like uh, Kanan sort of seems like Obi-Wan in A New Hope, whereas uh, Hera is Han Solo. You know, she's not necessarily the one leading the group to go to try to get to Alderaan and save the princess and everything, but it's her ship. She's sort of in charge of it, at least from that aspect. So, um, yeah. And she also is sort of, uh, seems a little bit older and is sort of a, um, I guess you could say sort of a motherly figure to kind of the group and especially some of the younger characters like Ezra and Sabine. I think Sabine definitely seems like probably the youngest member of the group aside from Ezra. Um, I don't know, they don't really get ages, so, I mean, she seems like she could maybe be anywhere between, like, 16 and early 20s, um, somewhere around there, but uh, Hera definitely seems uh, a little bit older and uh, sort of taking on a, a, a leadership role, but sort of more from a sort of, like, encouragement standpoint, I guess, and sort of getting the other characters to, like, believe in themselves and all that sort of thing, whereas Kanan is the one sort of leading leading the charge against the Empire, Hera is, like, the group's main moral support. Yeah, because even in the description, they refer to her as, like, the heart of the crew for the ghosts. And even some of the dialogue that we got to hear in that clip, she's given, like, Ezra some some advice as, uh, I guess, he's, like, unsure of some things, and she's going to be the one to kind of, like, get all the characters through some tough times. <laughs> but, like we said, Kanan is pretty much going to be the leader of the group, and Hera's... I guess what you would probably say second in command. She is the pilot of the ghosts and the captain of it. So, and you were saying how Kanan is like the Obi Wan as the leader and Hera is more the Han Solo. But probably personality wise, it's going to be the opposite, <laughs> where she's going to be given like the more advice to the different characters. And while Kanan kind of has like that uh, smart aleck attitude sometimes that Han Solo could have. So, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, she doesn't seem to have the same personality as Han. I'm just saying, sort of in terms of. The, the leadership roles within the group because, you know, Obi-Wan is the one who hires Han to take them to Alderaan and is the, I mean, you know, R2 gave him the message and he's the one that told Luke, you know, you must go to Alderaan with me if you're to learn the ways of the Force and all that kind of stuff. So he's sort of the one, you know, rallying the group and leading the charge. And um, although that is sort of an interesting juxtaposition when you put it that way, that um, Kanan is sort of in Obi-Wan's position and acts like Han and Hera is in Han's position and acts more like the older mentor figure. Yeah, that brings up an interesting question too that I'm wondering, like, how are all these characters going to meet up together? Is Hera the only one on the ghost when we first meet her or like some of the other characters going to be already there? Like maybe Kanan's part of there or Sabine or because we know Ezra's on Lothal and we saw those teaser trailers, like the ghost fighting some TIE fighters and causing the TIE fighter to crash down on there. But how are all these characters going to come together? That's what I'm curious about also. Like, how many were on the ghost from the start, and how many are you going to pick up on the way? And well, you the- know what? I bet, I, I don't know if, I've, if I said this in our last episode, but if I didn't say it, I was thinking it. Um, I would bet you a lot <laughs> that that scene from the teaser trailer where Ezra is watching the ghost you know, fighting the TIE fighter over the surface of Lothal, I bet you that'll be in, like, the first five or ten minutes of the uh, the opening of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, it, like, I mean, they, they've kind of said that um, Ezra is sort of going to be, like, the main character, especially for, like, younger viewers to latch onto, and we might kind of be seeing this whole thing from his perspective, kind of the, in, in the same sense that we saw... 
the Clone Wars through Ahsoka's perspective, where she wasn't really the main character all the time, but at times she was. And, you know, of course, with the Clone Wars movie, it starts off with her joining Anakin as his Padawan. So, um, yeah, I, I think the show is going to start off with Ezra joining up with the rest of the crew. Um, and then, <clears throat> I mean, maybe we'll either just have it explained over the course of the series, how they sort of all joined up and came together. But also, I mean, didn't they say something about they're going to be like some shorts that they released before the main yeah. uh, before the main show? And I don't know if by shorts, I don't know if they were referring to just these character reveals that we've gotten or if they're actually going to be like some short little mini episodes. But if we do get some actual kind of like short prequel episodes, then maybe that will be showing how the rest of the crew came together before they meet Ezra in the pilot. That would be my prediction. Yeah, I'm also not too sure, too, if we're going to be introduced to all the characters in the first uh, hour-long special or movie special that they're going to premiere. I mean, it could be maybe like the second episode or third episode we'll get another character reveal. Like, I don't know, to bring all of these characters in one episode, maybe it's too much to introduce in just uh, um, in an hour. So maybe they'll split it up and maybe have half of them or leave or maybe all of them except one and introduce the last one in a later episode or something. Because that's, that's happened before, too, with other series with ensembles, where you don't get everyone in the very first episode. Yeah, that's possible. Um, if anything, I would say it would probably be Sabine, uh, mm-hmm. just because she seems sort of the most like the outsider of the group. Yeah. Um, who, you know, is a Mandalorian and they're sort of off doing their own thing. And I don't know how she's going to end up coming together with these guys, but the rest of them all seem sort of integrated in some way. I mean, obviously Hera owns the ship and she's going to have some kind of relationship with Kane. And we don't know how the two of them come together, but if she's owning the ship and he's leading the mission, you know, I would think that they were probably the first two characters who came together. Um, I'm interested to see Zeb's relationship in all of this, you know, is he, um, you know, does he have a closer relationship with Kanan or with Hera or is he just sort of on his own and sort of came into this group? You know, I don't know how he got in there. Uh, they did say in the video that uh, Chopper is Hera's droid. So if anything, I think we're going to start off with uh, Hera, Kanan and Chopper. Um, and maybe Zeb and or Hera will get introduced later. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm kind of um, thinking like. I agree with you how Sabine might be the one who's not with them right away. And maybe it's somewhere like they both are attacking the same Imperial facility. This happened like to bump into each other and they both like or maybe someone has to help the other to help them escape. And that's how they end up working together or something like that. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But another thing I liked about uh, Hera's reveal video, just some more great uh, concept art images. And even too, at the beginning, we kind of got what looks to be maybe if not finished, near finished animation of Hera piloting the ghost. And we see like some smoke or steam coming out from behind her and you see Chopper coming around. looks like she's telling him to like go fix it or something, but it probably was the best look we got at some finished animation since those uh, 15 second teaser videos. And it's looking pretty good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and, and that was another shot where uh, I was talking about how the characters just look a little bit more expressive. And I mean, Again, this sort of goes along with, um, you know, people saying, oh, it looks more cartoony. I mean, it does look a little bit more sort of expressive in an over-the-top way that you would maybe expect more from an animated cartoon or something. But it lends itself really well to that 
animation style, I think. So, you know, they're not trying to make these look, you know, photorealistic and stuff. Yeah. So if it looks kind of cartoony and animated, like, that's fine because that's what it is. Yeah, and kind of how I was saying with the Zeb video, we had that great image of Zeb and Ezra running across the field with some ATSDs. There's another image in the Herod video that looks really cool, or it should be a cool active sequence if it's in there, where you got Herod, Sabine, and the in the cockpit of the ghost you got ezra in the bottom in the gunner uh, section but then you got kanan zeb and chopper on top of the ghost at least zeb has a wrench looks like he's trying to fix something and then you got kanan deflecting tie fighter blast with his lightsaber like that should be a really cool action sequence if that ends up being part of an actual episode it just looks really cool yeah yeah i caught that too and at first i was kind of like this almost seems a little bit too much. I mean, kind of how people sometimes complain about the Force Unleashed and, like, come on, how can you rip a whole Star Destroyer out of the sky with the Force? Uh-huh. It's like, really? You're going to have him, like, on top of a moving ship, like, fighting TIE fighters with his lightsaber? But at the same time, that could also be really cool. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's just concept art, maybe something that they came up with and were, like, just throwing ideas out there or if that's something that's going to be in an actual episode. But I'm sure that could look pretty cool if they do it right. Yeah, like I said, it's hoping that it's not just concept images and they're actually storyboard images or something <laughs> yeah. for the actual episode. Yeah, well, I mean, you would kind of think that they would have stuff in the script before you know just going ahead and drawing or painting whatever because you know why would you waste your time trying to picture how something's going to look if you're not going to need it later but um then again i mean i'm sure they have plenty of unused concept art just from different ideas and stuff that didn't make it into the show but um just from the fact that they put that in there it almost seemed kind of like a little teaser of something we could maybe expect yeah and I'm guessing all this stuff is being teased is going to be from the, the hour-long movie special or whatever they're going to end up calling it. <laughs> I mm-hmm. don't think we're getting teased at anything far beyond that. Yeah, or maybe like first couple episodes. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Because also I don't think we're really going to know until that first episode sort of what the overall storyline of it is going to be. Because, um, I mean, that's another thing coming into this show – like with uh, Clone Wars, when that started, obviously we knew what the setting was and we sort of knew the whole storyline, especially when the when the show already focused on main characters like Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, you know, we pretty much knew what the progression was going to be leading up, you know, in between episode two and episode three. And there wasn't like really one continuous storyline, but it was just, you know, when you saw preview clips, it was like, oh, yeah, there's going to be battles on different planets and it's going to be in this setting in this time period. And it's all going to lead up to this happening in Revenge of the Sith. Whereas with Rebels, because it's going to be following the same characters on a week-to-week basis, it seems like there's going to be sort of more of a continuing storyline, and we don't really know what that is yet. Um, You know, except that it's going to have something to do with these characters coming together and fighting the Empire on Lothal. But, um, you know, when you see preview clips, it's not like, oh yeah, that's going to be from this episode in this you know, second episode of the season and this story, and they're going to be trying to do this or that. It's like, yeah, we have no idea what they're up to. I know that's going to be half the fun too while we're watching it, <laughs> just being surprised as the story goes along. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see like what they come up with that. But also just with all these characters, I think it's really cool um, just having a completely new group of characters. I think, yep. you know, it's it's been a while. In fact, it's probably been since the original trilogy. Like we've never really had... Uh, except for the original Star Wars, just like a whole completely new group of characters like this before, uh, at least in the, you know, in the canon with like the movies and the Clone Wars and stuff like that. Because when you go back to the prequel trilogy, 
Um, yeah, you've got new characters like Qui-Gon Jinn and Jar Jar Binks, but you've also got Obi-Wan Kenobi. You've got Anakin Skywalker, who's kind of a new character because we've never seen him as a kid or a Jedi before. But at the same time, you know where he's going to end up at the end of all of it. And, you know, between, I mean, you've got six characters here in Kanan, Ezra, Hera, Zeb, Sabine, and Chopper that are all completely new, blank slate. We have no idea where they come from, what's going to happen to them, and it's just going to be really fun and exciting getting to know all these characters over the, you know, course of however many seasons the show's going to go for and just see, you know, new adventures and seeing all of these guys together in action against the Empire. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. But I have to be honest, though, there was a part of me that was kind of hoping we would have gotten one familiar character be part of the main group. I don't know. It's just something that I think would would help just to have that one Star Wars character to be a connection for those who maybe are a little hesitant about getting to know new characters. I know there's going to be some out there where they're not going to be into the series right away just because they don't know who any of these characters are. Then maybe it doesn't feel like Star Wars to them. So maybe that would have helped getting just have a familiar character in there for that but i don't know just from a greedy personal standpoint i just <laughs> thought it would have been cool to have some type of continuity whether it was from the prequel trilogy or someone from the who just introduced in the clone wars i just thought it would have been kind of cool to have someone that we're familiar with be part of the group but at the same time too i'm perfectly happy with this group of characters that we're getting for the show i think they all look great they're bringing different uh personalities to the to the group of rebels that we're going to be seeing on a weekly basis. So I'm more than happy with what we're getting. And we'll time will tell when we see the episodes, if I'm going to like all of them really, but <laughs> I think so far all the characters are looking good, but I don't know. That was just something just a part of me felt as the characters were getting revealed. I just think uh, hopefully there's just one who's going to be familiar, but it turned out it wasn't the case and I'm not going to complain about it. <laughs> it was just something I couldn't help but feeling at the time. Yeah, well, you know, I'm glad that all of the main characters are new because, I mean, I can definitely understand their thought process in that, like just wanting to start a new show and kind of start with a blank slate and sort of have creative freedom with these characters because I think the problem with having established characters be main characters on this series, and I'm sure we will see familiar characters at some point on this show. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we, and we've talked about that before. I mean, you've got tons of possibilities from Darth Vader and Boba Fett all the way to, you know, Ahsoka and Rex and Cad Bane and characters from the Clone Wars. But to have any of those characters be the main character on the show on a weekly basis, I mean, if you use a character from the Clone Wars like Ahsoka or maybe a retired Captain Rex who's defected from the Empire or something like that and have them be one of the main crew. I mean, that would be cool, but at the same time, it's like, well, we've just spent the last five years with these characters and let's, you know, move on and create some new characters and tell some new stories. And if you use, you know, like a young Han Solo or a young Luke Skywalker or something like that, then that's even more pressure that you're putting on yourself because, of course, there are going to be a lot of original trilogy purists who are like, oh, you can't do this because it conflicts with that and that's not part of this character's backstory and, uh, you know, you, you just have to be really careful how you use those characters because people are going to be, you know, scrutinizing the heck out of it. Whereas I think, like I said, just from from a creation and sort of artistic standpoint, I think they have a lot more artistic freedom to do whatever the heck they want with these characters without worrying about, you know, conflicting with anything because they've never been in anything before because they're all completely original. So, I mean, I like it and I like the design of these characters too. So I'm kind of, 
Um, you know, I don't want to make it sound like I'm tired of any of the existing Star Wars characters because <laughs> I love everything that we've gotten before. But I think it's really cool and really refreshing to get, you know, this whole completely new batch of characters for this show. Oh, come on, Kyle. Just admit it. You hate the Clone Wars now. Now that it's old news, you're just all about Rebels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm tired of Clone Wars. Give me some new characters. <laughs> Oh, and one other thing we should mention with these new characters, too. Um, we talked about how Steve Bloom is voicing Zeb, um, but they also revealed the the voice actors for the other two characters. Um, we've got uh, Sabine is being voiced by Tia Sirkar, I think, if I'm pronouncing that right. And then uh, Vanessa Marshall is doing the voice of uh, Hera. So um, we've got, uh, I think, our, <laughs> our whole cast of characters and also uh, voice actors, too, so now we know who's playing all of them. Yeah, they pretty much all matched that early rumor report <laughs> that we reported on a few months ago. Uh, so they all pretty much worked out for that, except for the one, David, whose last name I can't pronounce, so I'll just call him that. <laughs> so everyone's guessing, oh, he might be the Inquisitor. I mean, we'll see when they officially announce his voice actor. But got to give a special shout-out to Vanessa Marshall since she's uh, following us on Twitter, which is really cool. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Who knows if she's actually listening to this episode right now. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hi, if you are. <laughs> But she also gave a pretty cool interview at uh, over at News and Rama, pretty much the first uh, cast member to give an in-depth interview about her role on Star Wars Rebels. It was a pretty lengthy one, too, which is pretty cool. She just goes in how she's pretty much been a Star Wars fan her whole life and just how she's super, super excited to be playing the role as Hera. And she knows her stuff about Star Wars and EU characters because she mentioned how uh, there hasn't been too many main pretty much no main character who was a Twi'lek. I mean, sure, you got Aayla Sakura, but she was never, like, a main focus. But now Harry is going to be the main focus of Rebels. So, And she knew all the past Twi'lek characters, too. So she knows her Star Wars history pretty good. And I just like the fact that so far we're just hearing so much enthusiasm from all the cast members and the, their roles that they're playing, which is great. Because, you know, that was the case for the Clone Wars voice actors. And I'm just glad that's carrying on to Rebels now, too. Everyone's just excited to be a part of Star Wars. Yeah, it's just going to make definitely. the performances better. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, it's just really cool when you get people who are part of Star Wars who love it as much as we do, um, especially the people that are, like, really diehard fans. Because, I mean, some people, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I love Star Wars. You know, that's one of the first movies I saw as a kid. And, you know, my favorite character is Darth Vader because he's a cool bad guy. And it's like, okay, you've seen the movies and you like the movies. But, you know, I try not to be, like, snobby or anything, but you know that we're on a different level here where we're talking about EU and getting really in-depth with the different characters and stuff. I mean, not that everybody has to be like that. I mean, if you love sure. the movies, great. But it's you know always really cool when you see people who are kind of even more into some of that minutia detail type stuff that we are. And, I mean, in this interview with Vanessa Marshall, like you said, she's talking about other Twi'lek characters. And I think they said something about... Um, you know, uh, female characters in the expanded universe or something. And she was mentioning like Mara Jade and Jan Ors and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, she knows a lot more. I mean, she might be like the most star Wars knowledgeable person on the cast. I don't know, but I mean, uh, Freddie Prince jr. And Steve Bloom also sounded really excited about it. Um, although I did go and look her up on uh, Wikipedia and see some of the other stuff she's been in. And it turns out she voiced Jan Ors in uh, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, the video game. So I was like, oh, that's who she knew who that was. But um, yeah, it's just, like I said, it's really cool when we're so passionate about something and then you see the people that are involved in it are also just that passionate and uh, really excited to be a part of it because you kind of share that enthusiasm with them. 
um, it's like, yeah, I'm excited for it. You're excited for it, but you get to be a part of it. So I'm excited for you. And I think that might make your performance better. So I'm excited to see that now. And it's just, it's, it's really cool. Um, and then, I mean, just some of the other stuff she was talking about in the interview from, um, just what we can expect from Hera's character and sort of, uh, she didn't really give any details about, um, you know, story plot points or anything like that, but just talking a little bit more about sort of the relationship between the characters and the relationship between all the actors in the studio. And it just sounds like we can expect some good stuff from the show. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be great all around. <laughs> it's like you were saying when everyone's just enthusiastic about what they're working on and how it'll be a better rapport with the fans when they interact. Yeah. So it's just going to be a, a great affair all around when that these conventions and stuff because the one thing i was hoping for was that you get the same amount of passion that the clone wars voice actors had because that's what made it so good their interactions with fans was great i mean they were carrying the torch of star wars fandom for a few years without any movies or anything like that so and it looks like that's going to continue with rebels which i'm really happy about mm-hmm. although they won't really be carrying the torch yeah. all by themselves <laughs> but they'll be they'll pass anyway. the torch on to jj abrams and the actors in episode seven when that comes out yeah that depends too if the actors that are in the new trilogy of the movies if they're not too keen on it or maybe wasn't what they're expecting or not real big star wars fans and they're just doing it as a big opportunity the rebels cast can have a, like a better relationship with the fans yeah well and you know what that's something she brought up in that interview too is that um i think the the guy who was conducting the interview he asked something about like oh how did you pick this role or you know were you excited to um, you know, have this role come across your desk or something. And then she was like, you know, when you're a, a live action actor, it's like, yeah, you kind of pick and choose what roles you get asked to do or what roles you audition for or something like that. But then she said, you know, for voice actors, when you're audi- auditioning for, you know, video games and cartoons based off of, you know, Star Wars and superheroes and all this kind of stuff, especially when, I mean, it seems like she's not just a big Star Wars fan, but also really into like Marvel and DC and superheroes and all that kind of stuff. And when you're already a big fan of that, she was like, it's more a case of, you know, auditioning for it and then hoping that you get picked and you know it's like an honor to be a part of it so um whereas you know we know with film actors it's not always the same case not that there aren't also film actors who aren't passionate about what they do or who have loved being in star wars or anything like that but it does kind of seem like uh, some of the actors in rebels and who have been in clone wars and that type of thing have been more enthusiastic about it than some people who have been in the films and so um yeah like you said that's definitely something to fall back on even if the actors in episode seven are like, okay, go and do it just to say I did star Wars and then move on to whatever else I'm going to do. Um, you know, the, the voice actors are always going to be like, yeah, man, I'm in star Wars and this is awesome to be a part of this. Yeah. Voice actors don't get enough credit. They deserve. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Although, I mean, maybe it's just me becoming more aware of it, but it does kind of seem like they're starting to get more recognition just because of, you know, sort of some of these internet fan communities and things like that. A little bit, yeah. I would love to see him do like the talk show tour, like how you know, the actors do on these late night talk shows. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool to see voice actors do that. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> Definitely would make for some interesting interviews. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> you have D. Bradley Baker go and do like five talk shows, and you yeah. just do a completely different voice on every show he's on. Yeah, cause it's always great when you see different Simpson voice actors go on those shows and do all their voices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, before we move off from Rebels, we did get an email from Dane with some questions about uh, all the character reveals we got over the last few weeks. He says, hey guys, 
with all these new characters for Rebels being announced, I have a few questions for you. Although perhaps you may or may not be able to answer all my questions. We'll see about that. <laughs> Do you guys feel, going purely off the characters announced, that the show is heading in the right direction with the characters? Also, do you feel like Lucasfilm is throwing all these characters out there to see what sticks? Or do you guys feel that these were characters that both design and history-wise were well thought out and, holding, and hold meaning when you look at other characters in the Star Wars universe? And finally, continuity aside, if you could pick one character from the Clone Wars that was a supporting character in that show who would appear in Rebels, who would that be and why did you pick him slash her? So first off, do we feel like the characters just going off the announcements are heading in the right directions? And for me, straight off the bat, yes. <laughs> I mean, it was the prize of when we got to reveal exactly what these characters were going to be about and what direction they were going. But once we finally saw the reveals, I was perfectly happy with uh, the direction that each one were taking. I just like the different personalities we're getting and the designs of the characters look great too. So we got a nice mix of some Jedis, Force-sensitive, some uh, just like I don't want to say uh, like smugglers or whatever, but the Han Solo type we're talking about was Hera. And then we got the younger characters with Sabine, who's a Mandalorian, which is awesome. We got the big muscle character in Zeb, who's going to be like that Chewbacca sidekick. So yeah, just I'm happy all around with the characters that got revealed so far. Yeah, and I am too. I mean, the, the short answer to that question is yes. And kind of like I said last week, I think the only, kind of the only question mark for me as far as whether or not they may be heading in the right direction is um, with Ezra. And I'm hoping that they don't make the jump too quickly from, um, you know, orphan kid who happens to have force powers and he doesn't know what they are. And they just kind of help him out in a pinch to Jedi in training. Um, I'd kind of like to, you know, maybe have that character a little bit who just sort of a, a neutral force user and maybe Kanan can help him hone those skills a little bit. But I'm hoping, like, in the first episode that he doesn't suddenly, you know, pick up a lightsaber and become a, you know, makeshift Jedi apprentice, I guess you could say. Sure, yeah. Um, so I guess Ezra is the the main character that I'm a little bit sketchy about, but I'm not, like, totally skeptical or anything. I do, um, you know, mostly like the design of the character and everything, and I'm excited to see him as much as anyone else. So, it, you know, overall, yes, I'm happy with the... What it, at least the way it seems like they're going with the direction of these characters, just from what we know so far. Mm -hmm. And so as far as the second question, where if we feel like Lucasfilm is just throwing all these character ideas out there and see which one's good or if they're well thought out, I personally think, especially with Dave Filoni as the head of this, that nothing is just done that way where they're just seeing if these ideas stick. I really think everything's well thought out and looking at different character types and species types things we haven't seen before things we have seen before that worked i just think everything was well thought out with dave filoni and his crew then with greg wiseman and simon kenberg i mean yeah he, they know how important star wars is especially with dave with clone wars and i think he's he's obviously going to bring the same care that he gave to that series and to rebels and making sure that these characters stick and they're good and it feels like star wars so yeah i personally think this, all of these character decisions were well thought out in advance and they made sure they're going to get it right. Yeah. And once again, I 100% agree with you there. Plus, I, I mean, maybe I'm not exactly sure what Dane is getting at with these questions, with this, with this question in particular, but 
Um, it's like, obviously we know how well ahead in advance they plan things out with these type of shows and, um, you know, get started with the animation work and stuff like that. So it's not like they're just sort of putting this out as like a test market kind of thing. And if fans don't like the characters, then they're going to go back and change them because they've already recorded like half of the first season as far as uh you know voiceover work is concerned and i'm sure they're well into production on the animation side of things so i think it's kind of too late to change things now anyways even if they wanted to but um yeah like you said i think these all seem like uh really original and unique and well thought out characters and i mean like i was saying before how i'm excited to see just a group of completely brand new characters but it's not just that these are new characters that we haven't seen before but they all seem to uh, sort of fit into different types of characters that we haven't seen before in Star Wars. So, you know, sometimes in a Star Wars video game or something, you'll have just sort of like your basic scoundrel or protocol droid or Sith Lord or whatever, and you can kind of tell, like, oh, that's supposed to be, you know, the character that we can relate to Han Solo, and that's the one that relates to Darth Vader and all this sort of thing. And these characters don't even really kind of slot into those same molds. It's not like you have the Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Luke Skywalker and the Han Solo. It's like... We've got a big alien brute guy who has a British accent and a witty sense of humor and something that's new. Uh, we've got an astromech droid who kind of looks like R2-D2, but he's also just sort of grumpy and does whatever the heck he wants and is not quite as loving and loyal as R2, so that's kind of new. Um, we've got a young Force user who doesn't know what the Force is and hasn't grown up as a Jedi or a Sith and has just kind of had to get by his own, on his own instincts. That's new. Uh, we've got a Jedi in hiding who is more like Han Solo than Luke Skywalker and will shoot you just as soon as cut you down with his lightsaber. That's new. <laughs> um, and we've got the Mandalorian graffiti artist. I don't need to say anything else. That's new. Um, and then we've got a Twi'lek pilot who, um, you know, is sort of, like you said, the, the emotional core of the group, I guess you could say. And so uh, that's maybe the, the one character that's like not as far out in a different direction from what we know. But at the same time, that's a character we haven't seen before either. Um, and yet at the same time, it's not like they're doing things like radically different if you know what I mean. I mean, it doesn't seem like they created these characters and made them really weird or something just for the sake of making them new. Like, these are all character types that we haven't seen before, but at the same time, they all seem like they fit within the Star Wars universe. It doesn't seem like they're trying to go too far yeah. from what we know um, just to, like, make it feel really different on purpose, but I think they're trying to make it feel familiar in a in the sense of like what we've already seen in star wars and just make it feel like star wars and make these characters fit within the star wars universe but at the same time take a new approach to it and create some completely new characters and i think just based off of the limited amount that we've seen so far i think they're striking a really good balance and yes i think all these characters seem really well thought out so far and uh seems like yeah like you said i think dave filoni and greg wiseman and all those guys behind the scenes are doing a great job yep 100 percent agree and then for the final question, as far as what character from the Clone Wars is either main character or supporting we'd like to see in Rebels, and this one's a no-brainer for me, <laughs> Captain Rex all the way. I mean, I don't think we're going to get any conclusion on his story arc in the Lost Mission episode, so I think um, whatever happens to him is going to be open for a little while. I would just love it if he came back as an old retired clone, someone who didn't go along with the Empire and abandon the Empire and just we're just out on his own doing his little things to stop him and fight against them. And I would just love it if 
some I don't want to get greedy and have them become part of the main crew because <laughs> that'd be awesome. But just to have them show up at least once is something I'd be dying to see in, during the course of Rebels. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I think for me, it would probably be Ahsoka, but I don't know if she's the character that I most want to see or if she's the one that I would most expect to see. Like if we're going to see any character from Clone Wars show up on this show and I had to bet money on which one it was going to be, I would say Ahsoka. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Rex would be cool or even, you know, seeing any other clone trooper at some point and just kind of seeing what's become of those guys and sort of their relationship with the empire and stormtroopers and how that all fits together. Um, also, I mean, we've talked about maybe seeing, uh, Shams and Dula or at least having him referenced or something. That was something too, with uh, Hera's video, um, that we didn't really touch on, but we had speculated before, maybe she's Champs and Dula's daughter, but seeing as how she's quite kind of an older character, um, I'm thinking maybe instead of his daughter, if she is related to him, um, cause like, I think I might've said this before too, that like Sindula could just be the Twi'lek version of Smith for all we know, you know, it's yeah. just a common name, but if she is related to him, like she could maybe be his sister or his wife or something like that. Um, but in, even in that video, Dave Filoni, I think also hinted at like, you know, we're excited to like sort of take viewers on this journey and see, uh, her past and how she ended up with this group. So and maybe the empire took over Ryloth and maybe they killed Champs and Dula and we'll just get a reference to that, but we won't see him. So, um, I'm sh hoping though, that we at least get some information related to his character if we don't actually see him in person. Um, and then of course, oh, you know who else would, I would actually like to see would be Asajj Ventress. Um, yeah, because <laughs> that is, uh, unfortunately kind of like the biggest question mark now, um, with the Clone Wars. I mean, we, we see what happens to Ahsoka. We don't know what happens to Darth Maul, but we're getting that in the comic book form. Um, and we don't know what happens to Boba Fett, but at least we sort of know where he ends up in the original trilogy. So we know the beginning of the story. We know the end. We just don't know the middle. But with uh, Ventress, I mean, she had an end in the comic books, but it doesn't even fit now with the way that they've taken her character in a different direction yeah, in the series. No so, um, yeah, I would love to see her again. So I think for me, it would probably be either Ahsoka or Ventress, just because I would uh, I, I, I just think it would be cool to see Ahsoka show up again, um, maybe see a relationship between her and Kanan and uh, see how to sort of see different ways that they've dealt with like being Jedi and hiding because I doubt Ahsoka would kind of go that smuggler's route where she just sort of totally puts the Jedi way behind her and just, you know, grabs a blaster and starts acting like a smuggler. But um, it might be kind of interesting to compare like how the two of them have survived on the run and the different ways that they've sort of uh, coped with um, a galaxy without a Jedi order now. Um, and then of course, yeah, like I said, just getting maybe some resolution to Ventress's storyline, which would make sense just cause she would still, or could still be around during this time period. So those would be my top two. Yeah. You know what? I got to take back my pick. I want to see Inspector Tandivo return from that. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest Clone Wars character design ever. <laughs> That's a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> I had no idea where you were going with that. You said Inspector, and the first thing that popped into my head was Gadget. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Inspector, who? Oh, that guy. Uh, thankfully, I think he was only in, at the most, two episodes of Clone Wars. But maybe he'll be in the last Missions episode. No, Tim, don't, don't even go there. Why would you say that? 
Of course, not that. Well, it's not that I heavily disliked that character specifically. Just he was in like my least favorite episodes of the show. <laughs> I mean, this, you can't get past the design. It just looks so different from everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I guess he does kind of look more cartoony. In fact, he almost looks like a robot. Yeah. <laughs> See, we need an arc to explain it. We need his backstory. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's it for Dane's questions. So thanks, Dane, for sending us another email with some great questions. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Get us talking even longer about Rebels. Yeah. <laughs> so more and more excited for it. So, uh, yeah, thanks. And, you know, for, for any of you guys that want to write in and uh, send us thoughts, questions, comments, anything like that, we always love to hear from you guys. More on that at the end of the show because that's yeah. when we always give out all our contact info and stuff. But Let hopefully if you're a regular hand listener, hand. you know how to get a hold of us by now. <laughs> Okay, well, enough with uh, Rebels and Tan Debo and all that good stuff. Let's get to uh, just a couple of Episode 7 rumors that we have this week. Um, and the main big one is uh, another one of these rumors that a lot of websites have just been reporting as fact because I guess there have been you know so many different reports about it. Um, also because it comes from uh, Variety.com, which is sort of a... Um, you know, a reputable uh, industry source for movies and Hollywood and that kind of thing. So it's not like this is just on some random rumor website or anything like that. But um, they put out a report saying that uh, this actor named Adam Driver, who uh, I think he's mostly known for uh, playing a role in this TV show called Girls on HBO or Showtime or one of those cable channels. I've heard of the show before, but I've never seen it. But anyways, he is reportedly... Uh, really close to signing a contract to play the main villain in episode seven. Um, and they're saying that it's a villain in the same vein as Darth Vader. Now, whether that means he's a Sith Lord or a Jedi who's turned to the dark side or a character who's going to be wearing a mask and a scary suit. I mean, who knows? There are a bunch of different ways you could interpret that. But um, I mean, it's one of those things where on the one hand, it's, you know, this hasn't been officially confirmed, so still take it with a grain of salt, but I would put this probably close to the top of our list as far as rumors that are probably going to end up being true, just because, I mean, for one thing, as with a lot of these other rumors that we've talked about, like, nobody has confirmed this, but nobody's denied it either, um, and a lot of actors we've heard, you know, somebody will put out a rumor saying, oh, this person is going to be in episode seven, and a couple days later, their representative will be like, uh, no, he's not. And we haven't heard anything like that. So, um, and then, of course, like I said, the fact that it's coming from Variety and that they claim to have some reliable sources, it's like, well, you know, I'm not totally buying into this one yet. But at the same time, I'm not just going to toss it out the window and, you know, totally dismiss it. It's like it sounds like it could be, uh, you know, at least plausible. So um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I pretty much in 100 percent agreement with what you said about that. Whereas it's coming from Variety, which, like you said, is as it's not just a random old rumor site that's going to say anything. I mean, they usually break casting announcements sometimes, official ones. So this kind of lends itself to be one of those one of those rumors that could have some credence to it, where it could be true. That's how I'm viewing it as. But um, as far as Adam Driver as an actor, again, it's one of those actors where I really haven't seen any of his work. Like, like it was most famous for the HBO show Girls. But um, the only way I remember him was like late last year during the fall, where we're getting a bunch of uh, Batman Superman rumors for that movie. He was actually rumored to play uh, Nightwing. Oh, where, yeah, I did hear that too. 
when I first saw that, I was like, oh, I don't know. I really can't see him as Nightwing. But then for a brand new character in a Star Wars movie, he's going to be a villain. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't really have a problem with it at all because it's something brand new and who knows what they're going to do with it. And like you said, who knows if it's even going to be like a humanoid uh, character. It might be covered in a mask. It might be an alien with some makeup on there. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do. So, But I have heard from people that he is a pretty good actor. So it's not somewhere, oh, I can't believe this guy's going to be in it. I have heard that from some people. I guess because um, actually one of our uh, listeners, uh, Paul Herman, who I talked to a lot on Twitter, he's really nervous about this casting choice because he's seen this character, his character in Girls. And I think he plays like a real obnoxious, annoying character. He's like, oh, I just hope that's like something totally different in Star Wars Episode Seven, which I think is going to be the case. Of course, we don't know anything about the villain or, again, if this is true and what the villain's going to be like. But again, I'm just I have the benefit of the doubt not seeing him in anything. So it's going to be an interesting choice, definitely, but I'm hearing he's a good actor, so I'm open to it. I'm not going to be someone who's not fully on board or fully negative on it, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, well, and you know, I've heard speculation, and I don't even remember where I heard this, but definitely take this with a grain of salt because this wasn't from Variety or anything. This was just you know people kind of adding more speculation to this, but I heard that he might be uh, – Jason Solo slash Darth Cadis, you know, he could play Jason Solo and then turn to the dark side at some point in the movie, or he could start out already being Darth Cadis, you know, depending on where the storyline in the movie picks up. Um, or, you know, like we said, they might change the the names or the backstories of these characters or whatever. So, I mean, we could just say he could be one of the solo kids who's turned to the dark side and become a dark Jedi slash Sith Lord or whatever. Um, but you know, that's just one possibility. Like we said, he could be completely new character too, or, uh, Imperial or Sith Lord or whatever. I mean, there's tons of possibilities because as many rumors as we've heard about the, uh, the casting process, you know, different actors who may or may not be approached for different roles. It does seem like they've done a pretty good job keeping the script under wraps. Um, yeah. we, we definitely haven't heard anything, this reliable, uh, you know, from variety or anything like that about any story details, any of that kind of stuff we've heard has definitely been just kind of pure rumor and speculation. Yep. And we're also in the month that I predicted we're going to get casting announcements. So maybe this is leading towards the possibility where that might come true or we'll hear something sooner rather than later. Yeah, that is true. We'll, uh, we'll see if your prediction comes true. Yes. I still got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, whole month ahead of you now. So, we shall see, but uh, I wouldn't mind if they at least hold off till after the Clone Wars bonus episodes air, or get on Netflix, whatever, you know. Yeah, I think I mean, they will. I don't, I don't need more Star Wars stuff to be excited for at this point. I don't know. It would be awesome to get some news this week to lead into the bonus content just to make another great week of Star Wars, but yeah, I think it's going to be after we get the Lost Mission episodes. Let, those, uh, let the Clone Wars have its day in the sun for a little bit before it finally sails off forever. Yeah, yeah, let that sink in a little bit, and then we'll start getting hyped up for Rebels in Episode 7 again. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that was kind of the main big rumor. And then also uh, Jedi News is reporting that, um, well, they're reporting a rumor that all six Star Wars films might be released digitally in November, which I'm guessing means, you know, most likely Netflix, since, of course, they've got a uh, a deal to distribute the Clone Wars now, and then also probably iTunes and maybe Amazon Prime or something like that. Um, which of course would be cool to see. I mean, I've got all the Star Wars movies on 
Blu-ray and DVD and everything anyways, but, um, you know, for people who don't have those and want to be able to watch them on the internet or, you know, buy them on iTunes or whatever, it's like, the more places you can get Star Wars out there, the better, so. Exactly, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> certainly, you know, it would be cool to, to see them out there. Yeah, I mean, so watching on my phone is going to be cool. <laughs> yeah. And not yeah. just going to YouTube and searching and seeing, like, maybe a few seconds or a few minutes of a scene, but having the whole movie on there. Yeah, like you said, just another version of Star Wars to have. <laughs> yeah. You can never have too much. Yeah, you can never have too much Star Wars. Well, except I, maybe holiday special, but... <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think the most copies of Star Wars I have are on DVD. I've got, like, maybe five sets of those. <laughs> five sets of the DVDs? <laughs> What? Uh, don't ask. What do you do with five sets of DVD copies? I'll tell you one reason why. Where I used to work, I had someone who I stopped by someone who never saw it. I kept talking to her about it. I kind of I let her borrow them, but then it kind of took her for a while to watch him and to give him back. So I just I saw my Best Buy on sale. You know what? I'm just gonna buy him again. <laughs> <laughs> Then a few months later, I got the set back that she borrowed, so I just added it to the collection. <laughs> well, okay, that explains two, but five? Wow. <laughs> I don't think we even need to go into that, because that could take up the whole rest of the episode. Well, there are but... those releases that had the original uh, versions that were on the bonus disc, on the second disc. So I had that yeah. set. Then, for some reason, they re-released it, just the original trilogy again. It was a different box art. I like the box art, so I got that. <laughs> this is during a time where I had some extra money to spend, so I was oh, able to okay. unfortunately I probably couldn't do that now. But like you said, I just love having different types of Star Wars boxes <laughs> of the movies out here. Yeah, see, I have two. I have two sets of the DVDs just because, like, my family has one at home, and then I moved out and bought my own set, and then I'm currently living back at home, but still have you know I still have my copies too. And then I have the Blu-ray box set. So yeah, I've got two DVD copies, one Blu-ray copy. I'm like, I don't need any more than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they even re-released the Blu-rays in different packaging. I'm like, well, I always tend to just to buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I actually, I mean, because they first came out on Blu-ray like a couple of years ago, but I just got it for Christmas this year. But I was like very specific in uh, when I asked for it that I wanted the original like complete box set and yeah, not the... Not the newer ones that have come out. Just because the original, like, the first Blu-ray box that they, that they came out with is the one that has, like, all the bonus discs with, like, hours and hours of bonus content. And the I think the newer ones are just the movies. Yeah. Man, I can't wait for the nine movie box set. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My wallet hurts. <laughs> That's going to be an awesome package. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, anyway, so and then uh, one other uh, sort of, uh, well, I guess this is kind of Clone Wars related. We've got um, the first issue of the Darth Maul Son of Dathomir comic is going to be released on May 21st. Um, so just another new Star Wars thing to look forward to this year. We've already got uh, the Clone Wars Lost Missions coming out in a week, less than a week, like four days. And then... Um, you know, Rebels, of course, coming out over the summer, but then also we'll have this Maul Son of Dathomir comic coming out um, in starting in May. And you know what's funny? I've never really been a collector of comic books as far as, like, the individual issues and stuff go. Usually if uh, – and I don't even read a lot of comic books in general. Like, pretty much the only ones I read are Star Wars comics. And if I hear about a Star, a Star Wars comic storyline that I want to read, I'll usually just wait until – 
either the end of the run or like after at least a few issues when they start putting out the trade paperbacks. Yeah. Because um, then, you know, I'll buy those either at Barnes and Noble or just buy them off Amazon for like 15 bucks. And then you get like a complete storyline there in one book and you don't have to like go down to a comic book store or something every week and like pick up a issue on a regular basis. But I'm thinking I might do that for the Darth Maul comic just because I really want to read this one and I don't want to wait for the trade paperback because sometimes they'll, you know, they won't put those out for, you know, a couple of months or so afterwards. Um, and I'm like, you know, I just want to get this as soon as I can and read it. Yeah, same here. It's going to be a day one purchase for me <laughs> all the way. I mean, that's good because Clone Wars, even when we're finished watching the last mission episode, we still know we got one more story arc to, or to read anyway to look forward to after that. And I mean, we're finally going to get closure on the Darth Maul storyline, which is cool. So it's good to know that we finally got a confirmed date because they always just said in May, but now it's going to be May 21st. Yeah, and you know what? If this one is successful, hopefully we could maybe even get a couple of more yeah. Clone Wars story arcs that we can, you know, get some closure on in uh, in comic book form. I mean, obviously, I'm not hoping that they like just continue the show through comic books and keep doing like every episode that they had planned all the way through the end of the series. But um, I definitely would like to see. Um, you know, maybe one dealing with Ventress and, but especially the, the Boba Fett story arc that was rumored to maybe be part of the bonus content. And we had heard that, you know, that was one of the ones that we, uh, weren't going to get to see cause they weren't going to have time to finish it or whatever. And I mean, obviously as of now, unless they've got some kind of trick up their sleeve and they've got like three or four more extra episodes that they didn't air in Germany that they're just saving for the Netflix release. Like, I don't think we're going to get uh, those episodes as part of the lost missions. And so, um, it would definitely be cool to see those in a comic book at some point if the Darth Maul one is successful. And then also, like I said, maybe uh, get to continue a storyline of Ventress or Captain Rex or somebody like that. So yeah, that would be cool. I mean, there's actually another, I believe it was the writer Brent Friedman on Twitter who kind of mentioned another arc they had planned. I think it was one he was writing for like season seven or eight. That was supposed to involve just Rex and R2. They kind of described it as uh, like a Terminator storyline, like a Terminator 2, actually. <laughs> so I wonder if it was like Rex protecting R2. It was supposed to be like the John Connor from like some, I don't know, Separatist super android or something. He didn't say what, but he just described it as like a Terminator type story. I thought that could have been fun to see just Rex and R2. <laughs> so maybe that will be a storyline that gets turned into a comic or something. Okay, and now I, I'm like really intrigued by that just because I'm like, I can't even fathom what that story must be about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you say Terminator, and I mean, I, I've seen, well, I think I've seen all the Terminator movies actually, but I mean, I really like the first two. And, but I'm just like, you say Terminator, and the first thing that comes to mind is robots and time travel. And I'm like, that doesn't fit into some <laughs> words. Well, robots do, but Captain Rex isn't a robot, so. Um, you know, that sounds like it would have definitely been an interesting story arc. I know, so it's kind of like, I knew this was going to happen once the series got canceled and we knew they were already planning story arcs that we're just going to get ideas revealed to us either at conventions or just by tweets. But now with the Star Small comic, you kind of get that hope in the back of your head, oh, maybe they will see the light of day somehow. So, well, like you said, hopefully this is successful enough where maybe we get to see those storylines. Yeah, but again, I'm not getting my hopes up that we're going to get, like, every story arc yeah. revealed. Because some of them, I mean, and it sucks, but, you know, it's just, like, it's tragic that this show got canceled when it did. And I'm sure there's so many good story ideas, but I'm kind of just resigned to the fact that we're never going to get to see most of them. I think probably the one I'm still the most disappointed about is when, uh, I forget, maybe, oh, I think it was at Celebration Europe. 
um, when they did the sort of behind the scenes Clone Wars panel. And Dave Filoni spent most of the panel just talking about um, some stuff that we were going to see in the Lost Missions episodes and then just like other ideas that they had for future seasons and for the end of the show that we just weren't going to get to see now. And one of them that he talked about was that we were going to get to see a Yoda arc where, uh, or yeah, a story arc where Yoda goes to Kashyyyk and, you know, see some more Wookiees. And I was just like, why did you even bring that up? No, we're not <laughs> going to get to see it. Just twist the knife in my heart more. Why don't you? Yeah, it's going to be the bad part if we hear more storylines come out and we know we're not going to ever see them. It's like, ah, the what could have been. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, just don't even tell me because that's just going to make it worse unless they're going to be in a comic book or something. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) I mean, we should be thankful at least that we're getting Darth Maul's storyline wrapped up. Yeah, well, you know what? We can be thankful that we're getting the Darth Maul story arc wrapped up. And we can also be thankful that we are getting... The Lost Missions, I mean, we've been talking about this kind of all episode, or, or yeah, for this whole episode already, but, um, yeah, yeah, like we said, we're coming out, they're coming out this Friday, and we're recording Monday night right now, so uh, in, like, four days <laughs> and counting, and not just that they're coming out Friday, but it also, uh, I guess uh, they revealed this on the official Star Wars uh, Tumblr page today, that, yeah. or is Tumblr or Instagram, one of those two. It was I, Tumblr. <laughs> one of those two that I don't follow, so I just heard <laughs> it through somebody else, but... Um, that the episodes will be available on Netflix 12.01 in the morning on uh, or Pacific time. So just after midnight Pacific time. For me, that's 1 a.m., so I'll probably just like stay up till 1 and watch the first story arc. But, um, yeah, it's good to know that we're not going to be like having to hit refresh on Netflix every five minutes all day on Friday waiting to see when the episodes come up. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't be more happy about that news being – 12.01 Pacific time because to me I don't look at it as Friday as a release date now now it's Thursday <laughs> because I'll be able to watch Clone War, new Clone Wars episodes on Thursday technically it might be Friday but on Wednesday night I'll be going to sleep and then waking up that Thursday knowing I'll be seeing some new Clone Wars episodes <laughs> to me that's better than waiting until Friday and- well see kind of one thing that's uh, still kind of good for me, I guess, is Friday is still kind of stuck in my head as the release date just because we've been thinking about that for so long. It's like Friday, March 7th. I'm like, okay, it's this Friday. But then at the same time, like you said, I know that I'll be able to watch them Thursday night. Um, and so all day Thursday, I'll probably be like, all right, tomorrow the bonus content's going to be out, but I could watch it tonight. And so, you know, it'll be like, oh yeah, like I can watch it now. So that'll be pretty awesome. To me, it almost feels like, or it's going to feel like on Thursday, like waiting for a midnight movie release for like the new Star Wars movie. It's going to be like that, except I just get to stay home and watch it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> to me, it's even better. <laughs> yeah. But how many will I watch? Now, that's the question. I think it'd probably just be one or two arcs still. <laughs> so one or two. <laughs> yeah, I'm still going to try to stick to my goal of one story arc per day. Although, I guess if I stay up and watch the first story arc at one in the morning on Thursday night, then I'll probably, you know, technically watch two arcs on Friday. Cause I'll probably watch one before I go to bed and then one sometime during the day on Friday. I just know for Friday, I'm going to have to wait till the evening. <laughs> I can't watch, I can't watch it in the day. <laughs> yes, I don't want yeah. no glare or no sun peeking through my room whatsoever when I watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess there is that too, but it must be perfect um, conditions when I watch it for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And I see too. I, I mean, it's great that people can do it. How I know see people planning to do like live tweeting while they're watching it for the first time. It's like, hey, I, 
can never picture myself doing that because I want to sit back and enjoy it for the first time and not worrying about getting a tweet out. Maybe I'll miss something that's going on. It's like, I would be the exact same way. You know what? Yeah. I probably could live tweet it if I really wanted to, but my my Twitter feed would be like really boring to read because I would probably only send out like two or three tweets during the whole episode because I would be taking so long to write them. Because like you said, I wouldn't want to you know look down and miss anything. So it would be like... You know, maybe I would type a tweet and then be like, oh, I don't want to send that out yet because I don't like how I worded that. So I should change it. Yeah. But then instead <laughs> of changing it, I'll just get sucked into watching it and then, you know, look down like five minutes later and be like, oh, wait, I didn't even send that tweet yet. So, yeah, it would not be uh, very there wouldn't be much activity going on if I did that. But, yeah, like you said, I'm just going to enjoy it for myself. I might have some friends over and watch it and you know, we can talk about it afterwards, but I'm not going to be doing anything else during the episode except watching the episode. Yeah. But I kind of have a good idea what my tweets are going to be like after I see it. Like, man, that order 66 arc was amazing. Or the Yoda arc blew me away. And yeah. My expectations. And yeah. Stuff like that. My, my tweets will pretty much just be like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I was going to say they also might be like, why did this show have to end? But, yeah, there's going to be a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? At the same time, I mean, I, I've i pretty much made my peace at this point with the fact that the show has been canceled. And I'm just really grateful that these episodes are actually going to get to see the light of day and uh, that we're getting – not only that we're getting the bonus episodes, but that we're getting 13 episodes, which is a pretty decent amount. And, I mean, like we said – you know, we've talked about this for a while, how at first, like, it was rumored that there were just going to be 10 episodes. And, um, you know, before that, maybe there were only going to be like eight or something. And, uh, you know, so 13 is a pretty good number. That's more than half the season. We get four whole story arcs. And I'm just like, you know what? It sucks that the show got canceled. But at the same time, you know, I'm sure Firefly fans would kill to get 13 more episodes. So <laughs> I'm just happy that we get anything at all and that we, you know, get a pretty decent number and that we get, you know, four more really cool looking stories to enjoy. Yeah, definitely. And of course, the big thing, I mean, when we first got the announcement about the bonus content coming, we had one complaint or one disappointment. We didn't get a trailer with it. Wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's set okay. the story wait, straight here. Tim had one complaint that we didn't get a trailer for. I didn't even care because I was like, I, I used to love getting the, the trailers for like seasons of Clone Wars because you only get to watch one episode a week and the trailers were pretty much the only thing that would let you see, you know, you get a glimpse of what's coming for the entire season. So after one episode, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of full just from that one episode, but I also have a little glimpse of what's to come because, you know, I've seen this trailer that showed stuff from a bunch of episodes. And so, but with the bonus content, since we're getting it all dumped on Netflix all at once and you can watch how many, however many episodes at a time you want, whenever you want, I'm like, I don't really need a trailer for that because I can, you know, I don't have to wait a week in between episodes. I can just jump to the next one whenever I feel like it. So I mean, it would have been nice to get a trailer, but I was like, okay, you know, no trailer, no biggie. I'm just going to wait and watch them when they come. But yeah, I know you were <laughs> like, I want a trailer. Well, guess what, Tim? Now you got a trailer. Yes, we do. <laughs> like, the announcement is now complete. <laughs> <laughs> 
about. And man, what a trailer it was. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I will say that. It's not like once this trailer came out, I was like, oh man, I don't need to see that. Of course, <laughs> once I saw, I think, yeah, I probably saw for the first time on IGN that, like, I, I went on there and the banner across the top of the page, because they always put like their top five, you know, biggest news stories or something up at the top with like a big picture. And the first one I saw had like Anakin and Yoda and a bunch of Clone Wars characters. And I'm like, ooh, new Clone Wars stuff. What is it? And it was a trailer. And I was like, yes. And of course, I watched it and watched it again and again and again. So even though I said I didn't need a trailer, I certainly wasn't complaining that we got one. And like you said, what a trailer it was. There definitely looks like some awesome stuff coming up in these 13 episodes. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. That's all there is to it. <laughs> I mean, I've said it time and time again where I don't know what arc I'm looking forward to the most. The Order 66 arc or the Yoda arc? And while I think the Order 66 arc looks awesome, I can't wait for it. I mean, the Yoda arc, I think, is just going to blow us all away. I mean, the footage we got in here, like, oh, wow. I was going to believe what I was seeing. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and give maybe just a little spoiler warning for, I mean, just in case there's anyone out there who hasn't seen the trailer yet. And if you're trying to, like, avoid spoilers at all costs and, you know, don't want to watch the trailer or see any preview clips or anything until these episodes come out, um, you know, we would probably just go ahead and talk about it anyways if it were, like, the season coming out in september or something but since it's just a wait till friday like you might want to tune out now if you don't want any spoilers whatsoever yeah. we're just going to talk about what's in the trailer we're not talking about you know anything that people have posted on twitter from like germany or anything like that because i've pretty much avoided twitter like the plague for the past couple of weeks after tim told me that he got spoiled on something from one of these episodes and i was like i do not want that happening to me so i'm avoiding spoilers but at the same time i'm a sucker for you know trailers and preview clips and anything official that they put out so um there are a few things in here that are not really they don't really seem spoilers from a story standpoint but definitely some intriguing looking stuff like for example last chance yoda fighting emperor palpatine or you know darth sidious i guess because he's not the emperor yet at this point um, like, holy crap. <laughs> I saw that and was like, wait, what? And then we got Mace Windu fighting Mother Talzin, along with some giant robot-looking things, um, some cool-looking footage from the Clovis arc, and, of course, some really cool-looking stuff, um, you know, involving more of Yoda, and then the stuff from um, the clones in Order 66 and that whole thing. Um, including, I think it's, uh, you see Darth, uh, or Dooku as Darth Tyrannus in hologram form talking to the, uh, cloners on Kamino and telling them, like, you know, the Jedi must not discover the truth about Order 66, which sort of hints that the, um, Kaminoans were in on this whole thing, which yeah. we didn't really know about before. Like, they may or may not have been. I guess you kind of have to assume that they knew about it if it's something that's, like, implanted in the clone DNA. But at the same time, it's like they seem to be on the Republic side, but I guess they were in on this whole plan to kill the Jedi all along. But, um, yeah, and then just tons more stuff in there that just look really cool. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, where the trailer starts off, I mean, it starts off with the clip we got originally with the announcement with Flygon uh, coming to Yoda. But man, the thing that got me excited the most, or at least at first, was right after that where he goes, "You must go to Dagobah. There you will find the answers." And then we actually see Yoda on Dagobah. Like, oh man, <laughs> I just like really geeked out when I saw and heard him say that. I mean, we're probably gonna find out why Yoda chose to exile himself there. I mean, 
that's awesome. <laughs> and then just seeing the stuff that Yoda's probably going to have to go through on there. I mean, we see them. First, we see him. looks like he's going to have a Force vision. Maybe he goes into that the cave that Luke went into, or we'll see aspects of that. I mean, well, first off, I should say this, too. This trailer was pretty much almost exactly what was described in that Poland trailer that was uh, revealed a few months ago. Yeah. I mean, certain things might have been mixed up, but pretty much shot for shot or characters' descriptions we got were pretty dead on. And one of those things that we saw in this trailer, which looks really cool, was where Yoda looks like was having a force vision, seeing Jedis fighting clone troopers, getting shot down. And then we actually see, if you freeze frame it, you see Kit Fisto getting cut down by Darth Sidious like he does in episode three. Oh, so looks, is that in there? Yeah. I mean, it looks like he just getting shot by a clone trooper because that's what we saw at first. But if you freeze frame it, you actually see it's Darth Sidious. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and watch that like the second we stop recording this episode. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought, and see, I noticed that when Kit Fisto, you know, seemingly like died or whatever, just in this vision, because, you know, it's real blurry and kind of fuzzy and stuff like that. But yeah, it does look like the Jedi are fighting some battle. Like you hear the sounds of blasters. And then I saw, you know, a red laser, which I assumed was just like, you know, maybe Yoda was seeing him in a battle in the Clone Wars or something like that. Um, or maybe he was seeing a stormtrooper shoot him or something like that. I was like, I know the clones have blue lasers, but it looks like he's getting shot by a red laser. I didn't think of it being a lightsaber from a Sith Lord who we know kills Kit Fisto in episode three. So, wow. Yeah, I'm going to have to go check that again, which, again, just makes me think... I mean, I was talking to you about this before we started recording this episode, that I'm getting really excited for that Yoda story arc just because... I feel like there are going to be some big revelations in there that are going to have an impact on how we view the films, specifically in episode three and how much Yoda knows about it. Yes. Because I'm starting to get the, I'm starting to get the feeling that this arc might have something to do with maybe Yoda having like a premonition or something, seeing everything that's going to happen in episode three and realizing that it, that he has to let it happen. Um, and you know, again, this is all just like speculation on my part at this point, but, um, you know, maybe this will tie into like the prophecy of the chosen one and everything. I mean, I've said for a long time, like people, some people think that Anakin Skywalker wasn't the chosen one. I think he was because to bring balance to the force, I think he had to destroy the Republic before he, um, you know, before it could sort of go back to like the good guys winning, I guess you could say, because, I mean, yeah, he could destroy the Sith, but, like, the Jedi had become sort of complacent and arrogant, and the Republic had been corrupt. And so I think by joining the dark side and sort of wiping out all that corruption and stuff that was plaguing the Republic by replacing it with an empire and then turning against the Emperor and, you know, destroying the Sith and allowing the Jedi to take over again, I think he did restore balance to the Force. And so maybe Yoda's going to see something like that and realize that he just has to let it happen for the good of the galaxy. Yeah, that's the big question I'm wondering now after seeing this trailer. Like, how much does Yoda know about the things that transpire in Episode 3? I mean, this is the trailer. We obviously see the vision of Order 66. And like you mentioned earlier, we see him fighting Darth Sidious. And is that just a vision or is... Darth City is actually there and Yoda fights him, but he doesn't know that it's Palpatine. I was just thinking too, when in episode three, he does, when he walks in to confront Palpatine, he does refer to him as Darth Sidious. But did we ever 
did he ever know his name beforehand? Like just do either episodes one or two. I don't think he did. Maybe I'm not remembering something, but this could be where he did face Darth Sidious in these episodes. And then when he actually confronts him, he recognizes him. He just never knew he was Palpatine. And then just thinking of like, if he does know all this stuff that's going to happen, he had a force vision. Like you said, does he do things to try to stop it? Or does he get a revelation in this episode where it must happen? And then he just has to like deal with it in a way or, there's going to be something like Mortis where he doesn't remember what transpired in these episodes. So all these questions are just raising up in my mind. It's like, uh, what's going to happen? Because right. it's going to be cool well, to see it link into episode three. But how much is Yoda going to know? I just know probably for sure when we watch episode three and see Yoda, we're going to have a whole new perspective on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which should be really cool. And uh, I mean, for one thing, I, I was thinking back when you were talking about um, Darth Sidious and like, do they ever uh, hear that name in the movies? And they do because... Um, I'm pretty sure in episode two, Dooku tells Obi-Wan, like when he has him prisoner, he says, you know, what if I told you that, you know, hundreds of Sith Lord or hundreds of senators are now under the influence of a Sith Lord named Darth Sidious. Yeah. Okay. Um, So they do know his name from that, but sure. Obi-Wan would have told Yoda. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And so, um, but yeah, it's like, if Yoda's fighting him in these episodes, like, was that just a vision? And maybe that's Yeah. Maybe he goes into the cave on Dagobah and instead of Darth Vader, he fights, Darth Sidious, but um, or maybe he actually is fighting Sidious and doesn't know it's Palpatine. Maybe he finds out it's Palpatine and then forgets somehow, just like he does in, uh, or just like Anakin does in Mortis, you know, at the end of the Mortis episodes when he just sort of forgets everything that's happened, but... um, It looks like, in the clip in the trailer, it looks like he's fighting Sidious on Moraban, which (laughs) is another thing we could talk about regarding the name, but it looks like if it was a vision that he was having on Dagobah, you think it would kind of look like him fighting him in the Senate chamber, but it does look like he's fighting him on the Sith planet of Moraband. So that's what makes me question, is that actually a vision or is he really fighting him? <laughs> yeah, which would also beg the question, you know, what is Sidious doing there? Yeah. But it would be, I mean, kind of funny, but at the same time, it wouldn't really make sense from like the story standpoint of an episode. If Yoda goes there because he's on some sort of, epic mystical quest or something and Sidious just happened to be there at the same time, you know, studying some Sith runes or something. And he's like, I just came here to take a picture of this old temple. What the heck are you doing here? Little (laughs) green Jedi. And you know, you're not supposed to be here. Let's fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it is Darth Sidious and not just some sort of vision or something like, then who knows we could, you know, well, I mean, there's tons of unknowns here in this scenario and in these episodes, but I can't wait to see it and figure out what's going on there. Yeah, and then also, too, on Dega, but we see him fighting, like, a shadow evil version of himself, too. Like, oh, man, what's that about? <laughs> it's oh, like, is that what that was? See, I couldn't even tell. I just saw it, yeah, it looked like some weird shadow thing, but... Yeah, um, it was, yeah, is the shape of Yoda, that's for sure. So, like, that okay. his fight in the cave, kind of what Luke had to go through, so... Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't pay all that much attention to that part of it, but, I mean, it, that would make sense. If, you, if Luke has to fight sort of, like, a darker version, he basically has to fight, like, the darkness within himself in yeah. that cave. Um, so it kind of makes sense that Yoda has to do the same thing. And then again, too, I can't help but wonder, how does Qui-Gon know about Dagobah? I mean, what information does he know about that? I just wanted to see, find out his connection with all that, too. Well, I would think once you're sort of dead and joined with the Force, if the Force is a energy field connecting everything, then 
And can a Force Ghost be everywhere at once? I don't know. And especially if the Force is strong on Dagobah or if there's some sort of, you know, dark side presence in that cave, I'm sure Qui-Gon could easily just sort of figure it out through being part of the Force. And two, also two, because... Um, we've been speculating too that this Yoda, this Yoda arc might have some connection with the Mortis trilogy, and this has been speculation where that Qui Gon was only able to like manifest himself as a Force spirit on Mortis because the Force is so strong there. Maybe he hasn't figured out the way to come back as the Force goes, like Obi Wan and Yoda eventually do. And, and who knows? Like I said, maybe Dagobah is kind of in the same frame as Mortis, where the Force is really strong there. And that he's, that's where he knows about it, and I don't know, just more connections that way through Mortis and maybe Dagobah and through yeah. Qui Gon and the Four Spirits. So much stuff. I just the thing that gets me excited a lot about this too. Like I mentioned before, it's just going to probably add so much when we see Episode Three, Episode Five, and the other probably aspects of the Star Wars movies. That's what Clone Wars is at its best when it adds stuff and just makes you think about it when you're watching the movies. And this Yoda arc is definitely going to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I think it's going to add something else too that will get uh, that i'll bring up uh in just a little bit when we talk about something else but um also when we uh posted this on our facebook page uh just you know the link to the trailer um christoph kitesman i hope that's how i pronounce that right but um he commented on it and said is the race yoda's talking to voss and uh i don't know if how many of you out there play star wars the old republic but uh, there's a planet called voss in that game where all the inhabitants of the planet are sort of these Force-sensitive mystics, and uh, you see a, a part in this trailer where Yoda is talking to like these four characters who look like they're wearing masks, but I mean the background is all sort of glowy, and I mean it looks like this sort of just real, sort of surreal, ethereal-looking setting. And um, you know, they're one of these characters is telling him like, "You must go face this great trial on Moraband, the ancient home of the Sith, or something," and. Uh, I mean, those characters don't exactly look like the Voss from the Old Republic, but it could be some sort of tie-in. I wouldn't be surprised if they call them that. Um, And if, uh, you know, maybe this is the Clone Wars version of that species. And um, I mean, I thought that was, you know, certainly an interesting thought. And if that does turn out to be true, I would love to see that tie-in just because, you know, I've talked about before just how much I play that game and how much I love that time period but i did go back and look at the episode descriptions and all it says is that uh, yoda has to travel to a planet like in the heart of the galaxy and gets a quest from these sages or something so i mean maybe those characters will just be the sages maybe they'll you know they won't say what race they're from or anything but i mean either way it seems like there's a lot of intriguing mystical stuff going on in this yoda arc yeah i mean I guess I just might as well get this out of the way now as far as the whole Moraband, Corban thing. How are, how are you towards that change? Is it a big deal for you or are you kind of disappointed that they didn't go with Corban? Yeah, it is kind of a big deal for me just because for me, Corban is so well established mm-hmm. as the homeworld of the Sith and um, you know, it's been in the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic and a lot of other star wars games and comics and novels and stuff and it's like i said it's pretty well established in at least the eu canon as um the sith homeworld and so i'm like you know not that it's a huge deal but it's like if it's gonna be effectively the same thing being the homeworld of the sith like why couldn't they just 
keep it the same unless they're going to, you know, change something drastically different about it. Um, although I think Brian Bailey commented on a different post about it on Facebook and said um, that it could be, I mean, just the fact that they're putting, you know, more changing Korriban to Moriband, it could have a tie in with Mortis. So yeah, um, in fact, <laughs> when, when he commented on that, I hadn't thought of that before. So, um, you know, that's definitely a good catch if there is some sort of connection there, but um, I mean, also that prefix is like Latin for death. So, you know, that kind of makes sense too. But um, so, you know, it might not necessarily be a direct Mortis tie in, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of disappointing. I would have liked to just see them stick with Korriban, but if the episode is good, I'm not going to gripe over just that one point. Yeah. I mean, kind of like what you were saying, it's so similar anyway. Why would they have to change it from Korriban to Moriband? But at the same time, there might be a reasonable explanation for it in the episodes. And maybe while the names might sound similar, maybe the planet's going to be different than what's been established in the different EU stories. And Yoda's definitely going to be fighting some different creatures. And we got this big, like, rock fire monster who's been getting a lot of comparisons to the Balrog from Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. which I can definitely see. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And how are they going to take him down? <laughs> Maybe they're just going to do a force push and knock all his rocks off. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, overall, the whole Warband, Corban thing, I can live with it. It's not going to be something I'll probably be thinking about when I see the episode. <laughs> but we'll see if it gets an explanation or not. But, man, this arcs is going to be amazing. <laughs> and I'm just curious to see how it's all going to end. Because I have a feeling it's going to be the last set of episodes when you go to your netflix queue and look at all the episodes this will be it oh and yeah i think it's going to end it on a bang <laughs> hopefully it'll be uh, i think it's been teased where it's going to not answer everything and probably raise more questions but i'm pretty confident that it's going to be a nice wrap-up to the series overall yeah especially because dave filoni has said that one of these story arcs and the bonus content in his mind is you know sort of what he thinks of as the series finale and I'm like, that's got to be the Yoda arc because, I mean, the Clovis arc was supposed to be in season five, so it can't yeah, be that Yeah, we one. knew it wasn't that. Um, it could be the clones because that has to do with, you know, Order 66, which we know happens in episode three, except that's the first. I'm pretty sure that's going to be the first set of episodes yeah. because those were the first ones to air in Germany. And that was the first story arc that they showed a preview clip from. So I don't think it's that one. And I don't think the series finale would be a two-parter with Mace Windu and Jar Jar, even though it does seem... I mean, we didn't see any of Jar Jar in that in that trailer, I don't yeah. think. And uh, we do see Mace Windu fighting Mother Talzin. So it doesn't seem like that's just going to be some sort of random um, you know, comic relief episode. Like, there's going to be some really interesting stuff going down there, too. And, you know, we'll see what Mother Talzin's up to. But... Um, yeah, and I, I definitely think that the Yoda arc is going to be the last one and that that's the one that Dave Filoni was talking about um, being sort of what now ends up being the series finale, especially if like we're speculating about that if it is going to have um, sort of some consequences and some impact on the way we view episode three. Yeah, and just going back to the whole Mace Windu Jar Jar story episodes, I have to say that was the stuff in the trailer that surprised me the most. If we go back to that uh, Poland trailer description, one of the things I was calling on, out, calling it out on, not for sure if it was true, was that they described Mother Talzin being in these episodes. I just couldn't really picture her being in something that wasn't a big, long arc. But it turns out there she is fighting Mace Windu with, like, with his purple lightsaber and her green energy in the form of a saber or something. I mean, I can't wait to see how that's going to turn out. I mean, 
are we gonna see Mace Windu uh, take out Mother Talzin and kill her, or is she gonna escape like she always does? Is her story arc gonna be wrapped up? So that should be interesting to see. But then again, we got that Darth Maul comic story <laughs> coming out in May, so I would think that she would have been tied into that somehow. I think it was revealed by the writer that she is gonna play a part in it. I might be wrong, but I don't know. But I just think just to see how that story arc is gonna play out because I was not expecting Mother Talzin to be in these bonus episodes at all. So that was a pretty nice surprise. And just the clips we got from that Mace Windu art looks pretty cool. We see him fighting some Gundarks, it looks like. Yeah. These big, like, robotic soldiers. So it should be a pretty action-packed episode. We just hope Jar Jar doesn't get away in the way of it too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, like I've said before, though, even if they, if they do Jar Jar right and they, uh, you know, just use his character the way that they have the past few times and not... BJ Hughes from season one. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident that, um, you know, he's not going to ruin those episodes, especially, I mean, just from the look of, you know, the brief stuff that we've gotten in the trailer, like with Mace Windu fighting mother Talon and stuff, it seems pretty serious. So, you know, we could use some comic relief in that episode. Yeah. And then to, um, I guess, I don't know. It seems like we're skipping a little bit over the order 66 arc. I don't want to leave that out. Maybe it's because we've seen, some more stuff from that. I mean, there's been like the German trailers. We got the first clip from that, but again, there's some cool stuff from that arc that I can't wait to see. I mean, it looks like, I think it's fives. We see him in like his red clone cadet outfit. We see him taking out some members of the wolf pack. So, I mean, I kind of know what's going on. I don't want to say too much of it to spoil anything, but regardless, it's just going to be cool to see that. Like again, like clones taking out other clones and to let alone be a, uh, a main character like Fives taking out a main uh, squadron like the Wolfpack is going to be pretty cool. And then probably my favorite line from the trailer, it looks like it's from that Order, Order 66 arc, was Rex was kind of telling Anakin, man, there's like a lot of droids, even for you. <laughs> this is too many. <laughs> Anakin's all, oh, come on, Rex, you're starting to sound like Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be probably from that opening battle in the yeah. first episode. Either that or it could be something where... Um, I don't know, maybe the whole battle thing will be going on at the same time as sort of like this investigation or whatever. Um, because, I mean, obviously from the from the preview clip that we saw months ago from these episodes, it starts off with um, like this big battle between some clones and some droids and Anakin is leading the clones along with a couple other Jedi and then Tup, you know, sort of goes into a trance or whatever and suddenly, you know, shoots one of the Jedi. Um, so that clip with, you know, Rex and Anakin, that could be at the beginning of that battle, or it could be like, you know, they sort of retreat from that battle and Anakin tells fives to figure out what's going on with Tup. And then the whole rest of the arc, we're kind of cutting back and forth between Tup and Shock T and Kamino and some of this other stuff we've seen in the trailer and the whole Order 66 investigation and Anakin and Obi-Wan and Rex and the rest of the 501st, like continuing this battle, because um, also in that trailer clip, we saw that Admiral Trench, the spider-looking guy from season two, is still alive and sort of in... He's like half cyborg now after Anakin blew up his ship. But, uh, you know, so there might still be some confrontation left between, you know, the Jedi and the clones and the Separatists and that villain. So that could be pretty cool to see if there's sort of like this intrigue storyline and this big battle storyline running parallel to each other through that story arc. Yeah. And then probably the last thing from the trailer that really got my attention is like, oh, I wasn't expecting that, was that we did get another clip of 
Obi-Wan and Anakin fighting Count Dooku. <laughs> and part of me was thinking, oh, I wonder if this is a vision that Yoda's having that's going to show the battle they're having on a General Grievous' ship, the Invisible Hand, in Episode 3. But I think we got in the latest issue of The Insider, which I still haven't gotten, but <laughs> they have the episode descriptions for these uh, lost missions. And one of the episodes called The Lost One, I think it's the first part of the Yoda arc, it does say there that... Uh, Darth Tyrannus is like sent from by, sent by Darth Sidious to clean up this mess and make sure um, like the secret of Cyclodeus isn't revealed. And in the description, it does says Obi Wan and Anakin investigate that. So it looks like they are going to have one final confrontation. But if then it just goes back to the whole continuity thing, where I think this is the first time Obi Wan and Anakin are fighting Dooku together in the Clone Wars. And then this is obviously going to be the last lightsaber duel we see them have in this series that leads up to episode three and that just goes into the whole <laughs> if you want to be nitpicky go into that line that obi-wan says before they fight him in episode three like this time we'll take it together and of course it's supposed to be from episode two but for the diehard fans who watch clone wars and know that they had a lot of lightsaber battles between anakin and dooku in the series this makes you think is obi-wan referring to this battle then because they fought him together here does anakin do something again that messes up their lightsaber duels so i don't know i guess the star wars nerd and me just gonna help but think of that and <laughs> just wondering if the continuity is still gonna flow like it usually does that we know that dave filoni takes great care of because i mean they still haven't had anakin face uh, come face to face with general grievous throughout the whole mm -hmm. series just based on that one line so I think it's pretty safe to assume anyway that it's going to make reasonable sense and have it flow into episode three nicely. But I just couldn't help but think that when I saw that short clip. But it does look like an awesome lightsaber fight, though. Well, you know what? I don't think they're going to stick as closely to the continuity on that one because, like you said, I think the, you know, this time we'll do it together. I think that is just referring back to episode two. Um and when you're talking about um, how this might be in the first episode of the Yoda arc, that is a possibility that I hadn't really thought of. I just kind of was assuming that this was from the final episode of the Clovis arc, um, just because we know Anakin is a central character in that episode. And that also um, <laughs> through stuff we've seen in this trailer and also from the season five trailer back when the Clovis arc was going to be part of season five, we do see... Um, what from what I'm assuming is the final episode of that arc, we see Dooku leading a separatist army against um, this snowy-looking planet. I'm guessing it's the planet Scipio or something um, that we know is going to be in that story arc. Um, and I don't know if Obi Wan's going to play that big a role in that episode or in that story arc, but you know he could maybe come to bring the Republic reinforcements or something, and then he and Anakin end up teaming up against Dooku, but he could also end up fighting him in that Sifo-Dyas arc too, because I think that's probably, out of all the stuff from the bonus content, I think that's probably the thing we've seen the least from. Um, because, you know, and I, I was telling you about this before uh, before this episode, before we started recording too, that it kind of seems like, even though we talk about like the last four episodes of, of these bonus episodes, like that's, you know, the Yoda arc, um, it almost kind of seems like the last three episodes are their own arc because uh, the second episode out of these four is the one where Yoda starts hearing the voices from Qui-Gon Jinn and gets sent off on this quest and has to do with like the mysteries of the Force and everything. And it seems like the first episode is almost going to be its own standalone thing where it's just like this investigation into the whole Sifo-Dyas, what happened, you know, origin of the Clone Wars and 
Um, maybe just, you know, George Lucas and Dave Filoni wanting to finally put all that stuff to rest and just dedicate one episode to that. Um, and Yoda is still going to be in that, I'm pretty sure. But I don't know if that's going to necessarily be directly related to all the rest of those other three episodes. So, I mean, maybe that will end up focusing on Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting Dooku. Who knows? But, um, yeah, just all this stuff that we're talking about sounds really cool. And I can't wait to finally stop, you know, speculating and just basing off of trailers and just get to watch all of these. I know, that's the best part. We're now only just a few short days away from it. I mean, we're geeking out about all this awesome trailer. And it's usually these come out during the summertime, the trailers for the Clone Wars, and we have to wait a few months before the season actually starts. But this is just a few days now. We got this trailer like a week, or it'll be two weeks around that time till the actual episodes hit Netflix. But the fact that it's so close just makes it even more awesome that, like you said, we're actually going to be able to see these episodes altogether each arc and it's full without having a waiting having to wait a week sometimes a whole month to get the full arc so yeah it's going to be amazing and mm-hmm. one other thing too on this trailer so many cool shots in here that i keep forgetting and stuff keeps coming back to me was in the beginning of the trailer where it looks like they're all in a jedi temple and yoda's in the center you get all the jedi like their arms are on him like they're doing this massive meditation or or they're trying to see if they can commune with Qui-Gon too. I, mean, I want to see what that's all about. I mean, why are they all huddling against Yoda? I just picture them trying to commune with Qui-Gon, but he doesn't appear to them, and it's just Yoda, and that's what makes them doubt Yoda, and they put him into that medical facility. <laughs> so, yeah, just tons of great speculation, and just a few days, we'll know for a fact what all this mm-hmm. stuff's going to be. Yeah, and we did see Obor and Sisses in that clip, yes, too. Yes, we so. did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then <laughs> to whet our appetites even more, we got... Um, an official preview clip from that episode uh, revealed uh, just today um, through, you know, it's on the StarWars.com YouTube channel, and we've got it on our uh, Facebook and Twitter and everything. So you can go check that out if you haven't seen it yet. But it's uh, the same episode that they show, or the same clip that they showed at Star Wars Weekends, and you've been able to find, like, bootleg versions of it on YouTube for a while now. But um, this is the first time we've gotten, like, a official reveal of it and be able to watch it in high quality. And I just, I love this clip. This is... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it just got me excited for the these bonus episodes even more, but specifically for the Yoda arc, but even for this first episode, or I guess I say first episode, first episode of the three of the Yoda arc, if we're going to go with that. It's from The Lost Ones, which is um, sort of the second of the four episode exactly, Yoda arc. Exactly voices. Or voices, yeah, sorry. It was, um, yeah, the, the Lost One is the first of these four episodes and that's the Sifo-Dyas one which might be its own standalone episode voices is sort of the first of these three episodes where Yoda goes off on his own and um, we see we've seen the clip before where he like starts hearing Qui-Gon's voice at first but in this clip um, he's in a hospital bed at the Jedi temple and has like a nurse guarding him and then Anakin comes in and Yoda's just being totally like you know, cheeky and humorous and kind of like yep. palling up to Anakin, like, Hey, Skywalker friends, we are right. Like, get me out of here. <laughs> um, and, uh, I think my favorite line from that is, um, Anakin's like, yeah, but the Jedi council isn't going to like this. And Yoda's like, disobeying the council, your specialty is that's why I'm asking you <laughs> in the first place. And, uh, then, you know, they, he, Anakin gets him out of there and they go to like the hangar in the Jedi temple. And, um, Yoda goes to his own little, like, mini Jedi Starfighter, which I just love the design of because 
you know, of course Yoda would have like his own customized miniature Jedi starfighter and takes R2-D2 with him and they take off and then Mace Windu comes running in with the nurse and he's like, what did you do, Skywalker? And Anakin's like, hey, this time it wasn't my idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just... I love it. And it just reminded me so much of episode five Yoda, where he's, yes. you know, the wise old mentor, but you see sort of that almost comic relief side of him where he's just sort of, um, I don't know, just sort of, I, I guess you could say impish, you know, it seems kind of, uh, you know, mischievous and like has this little, you know, cheeky side to him. So I, I just love that. And, um, but also when you were talking about, uh, stuff from the Clone Wars that makes you look at the movies in a different way. I realized this is Yoda and R2 going off by themselves to Dagobah. Like, now I'm going to be looking at Episode 5 differently when Yoda's beating R2 with the stick going, mine, or I hope you not. I'm like, these guys have been here before. <laughs> That's right. I didn't even think about that. but <laughs> And I wonder if we'll see some sort of, you know, callback to that in this episode, if they'll have some little fight or something when they get to Dagobah. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, too, it's just great. We've seen this clip before, but it's great to see it in good quality and not like from someone's cell phone. Good audio, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you said, it just makes you more excited for the episodes to come. I'm wondering if we'll get another preview clip before the Friday. Hopefully we do, but if not, it's not the end of the world since it's so close. But I was telling you about this, too, before we were recording, where I'm still speculating, and a lot of fans are speculating, that this Yoda arc is the one that's supposed to have the special voice guest voice appearance by Mark Hamill as a Sith Lord. And I just can't help but think that that's something they want to announce to get some hype surrounding these episodes. And if we're going to get it, it's going to be in the next few days. So part of me was thinking, if we're going to get a new clip or some special sneak preview, it's going to be about that. But if we don't, then I'm going to be a little nervous and think maybe this arc isn't Mark Hamill's special appearance and we might not ever see that. So we'll wait and see. Again, it's just a few short days, but... If we're going to get any other sneak preview, I'm kind of guessing that would be it if it is end up being true where Mark Hamill's going to be in it, which I really hope it is because that's just going to be awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then, I mean, like I told you too, I hope they that if that does end up being true, and I hope it does end up being true because that would be really cool, but I hope they don't announce it ahead of time and spoil it, especially if it's not an established character, which I don't think it would be. Um, I mean, obviously, like when Qui-Gon Jinn came back for the Mortis arc, you know, that's something where they announced it in a press release and everybody knows who that character is. And then also when you hear his voice in the episode, you immediately recognize it as Liam Neeson and you know it's Qui-Gon Jinn. Whereas with Mark Hamill, for one thing, I mean, the dude's a vocal chameleon because you cannot (laughs) tell that the Joker and Luke Skywalker voiced by the same person. Um, and especially if he's going to be doing a completely new character, like you could just be watching the episode and it could be a Sith Lord or he could be the voice of that, you know, Balrog looking beast that we were talking about or whatever it is. Um, and you could just be like, whoa, that's a really cool character or a really cool voice or something. And then the episode's over, you watch the credits and you're like, holy crap, that was Luke Skywalker. Like, I think that would be a lot cooler than, um, you know, than trying to hype it up ahead of time, especially like I said, because they're not looking for tv ratings anymore and anyone who's gonna watch this is gonna be able to go get it on netflix anyways and i don't know how netflix works with all their licensing deals and stuff but i don't think 
Lucasfilm is gonna like make more money off of this the more people watch it on Netflix because Netflix doesn't have advertising or anything like that. So I think at this point it's better to just put it out there and let the fans enjoy it. Um, but that's just my take on it. Yeah, that would be the best case scenario for it to be a surprise, but I just don't think they'll pass up on that opportunity to try to promote it in any way. I mean, they could have a deal with Netflix where they want to try to get more subscribers to them, so this could be a great way to promote it to get more people to subscribe to it who are maybe on the fence. I don't see how you could be on the fence after seeing this awesome trailer, but seeing Mark Hamill's first return to Star Wars, especially if he's going to be in Episode Seven, this is going to be his first return to it, though, so I would think it would be something they want to hype up. I just don't see him passing on that opportunity if it is in it. That's why I'd kind of be a little nervous if we don't get some sneak peek or some tease about it. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out soon. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing to think about, too, though, it's not just like a one and done deal where, you know, they're only going to air the episode one time. Like they could wait till, you know, maybe they'll announce it on Saturday or Monday or something after the first wave of us, you know, hardcore yeah, fans have already though. watched the episodes and then they'll. You know, because even if they don't make like an official press release or something about it, if Mark Hamill is in one of those episodes, of course, all of us are going to be talking about it. So then anybody who's on the fence will you know find out about it and they can join Netflix and watch it whenever they want to. It's not like they have to watch it on the specific air date or anything like that. That's true. I just don't think they'd want like fans to have a get out before they do if they do have a press release planned for it. I mean, if they don't, they don't. Then, yeah, but if they have one planned and they're going to wait like until after the premiere, I don't see that happening either because I don't. I think they'd want to have fans jump or beat them to the announcement. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a whole different situation now with Netflix. Yeah, I'm just hoping they still keep it a surprise, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, but either way, that's going to be amazing. Regardless if Mark Hamill's in it or not, uh, just by seeing that trailer, I can't tell you how in awe and (laughs) just an amazement I was of that trailer. I was pretty much speechless after I first saw it. Like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> is it next Friday yet? <laughs> yeah, right. But, so yeah, uh, I think it's one of the better trailers. And maybe I'll, I'm just super excited for the bonus or the Lost Missions coming out, and that's so close that I'm thinking this is the greatest trailer for Clone Wars ever. But I'll have to probably watch them all back to back, and after I see these episodes to make that full judgment. But I just it just made me super excited for it. I mean. Even before, I mean, I know how excited we were on our last episode, just the fact that we got the announcement. (laughs) But now seeing those episodes, footage of them, just took it to a whole nother level. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely did its job. Yeah, every Clone Wars trailer seems like the best trailer yet. (laughs) But yeah, this was really cool, and I definitely think these are going to be some cool episodes. But uh, now that we've analyzed the heck out of that trailer, um, I'm sure we could have done more. <laughs> we could have, but I think we can save some for once we've seen the actual episodes. Yeah. Um, but uh, just last thing we want to finish off with, um, last our last episode we said we were going to do a contest and give away a code for uh, the beta testing of Star Wars Attack Squadrons, uh, which actually I just remembered ends today. So I'm going to go probably play that some more and get a little bit more out of it after we finish this recording. But, um, yeah, so we actually had two winners. Um, I had a bunch of codes to give away, so I gave out two. Um, we got two great responses from Brian Bailey and also from Dane Haji. Um, and, uh, let's go ahead and read these. Uh, Brian wrote in, he said, Hey, Kyle and Tim, my favorite moment in Star Wars, the Clone Wars is arguably the, arguably the climax of my favorite story arc about the most underutilized character in the entire saga, Darth Maul. 
I don't know if you remember, but in 1998 and 1999, images alone of Darth Maul's face were enough to create a frenzy of anticipation for the Phantom Menace. Darth Maul looked so evil and sinister. He looked like the dark side of the Force incarnate. It had been 16 years since the release of Return of the Jedi, but this epic character was given just two lines and cut in half at the end of the most epic lightsaber fight scene we had ever seen. Bringing Darth Maul back from the dead was equal to allowing Boba Fett to, to escape the Sarlacc pit. In his first episode, Brothers, in Season 4, Sam Witwer gave us insight into the torment the Sith endure secretly in their minds, how the Sith code is used to motivate the Sith, and Darth Maul's desire for revenge on Obi-Wan Kenobi was the driving force that kept him alive. Maul's revenge and my favorite moment of the Clone Wars takes place in the episode The Lawless. Obi-Wan was faced with an imminent threat to the woman he loves as Darth Maul force chokes the team to the brink of death and then impales her with the Darksaber to crush Obi-Wan's heart on the most personal level. Obi-Wan is a mirror image of Anakin Skywalker in Revenge of the Sith, but where Anakin chooses selfishness, uh, chooses selfishness on the dark side of the Force, Obi-Wan is able to remain selfless and use the light side of the Force. It doesn't hurt that the final ten minutes or so of this episode, Darth, Maul, or Darth Sidious shows up on Mandalore to wipe out Darth Maul and Savage Opress as a rival competition to enforce the Rule of Two. Um, and, yeah, like you said, Brian, Darth Maul is an awesome character, and the Lawless certainly is just a fantastic episode for him and Sidious and Obi-Wan and just so much great stuff going on there. Um, certainly one of my favorite moments. And I know a lot of star Wars fans could probably uh, say the same. Um, yeah, and then, okay. yeah. And then just say ditto to everything that was said there. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Dane says, I actually have two favorite moments from the Clone Wars. So in no particular order, my my first favorite moment was from the Ryloth arc from season one, when Waxer and Boyle meet Numa and take care of her. First off, I like Waxer and Boyle, but most importantly, I like the interaction between the two clones and Numa because I can't help but contrast that with the Order 66 scene in Revenge of the Sith. I get what happened with the clones turning on the Jedi, but still, it blows me away where in one scene they can be so caring and the next they can turn on the Jedi, and comparing the two scenes really enhances the depth of the Order 66 scene in Revenge of the Sith for me. My second favorite scene has to be when Maul kills Satine in front of Obi-Wan because, in my opinion, it enhances the character in a way we couldn't have predicted. Who knew he was somewhat torn between his feelings for Satine and the Jedi Order? And the way the scene is acted, written, and animated is so well done that, for me anyway, not only do you forget that Obi-Wan is part of the Jedi Order, but you kind of forget you're watching a Star Wars animated show. And for the different emotions that flashes on Obi-Wan's face after Maul stabs her is a true testament to how well the show was animated. Oh, yeah, and the Maul Palpatine Savage fight was so cool. One of the best lightsaber fights we've seen. Anyway, that's my favorite scene. That's, yeah, that's my favorite scenes. Great show, guys. Um, yeah, so thanks to both you guys for writing in and giving some great and uh, really in depth and detailed answers. Um, and, you know, it, uh, I really like Dane's response, too, because, um, yeah, that moment from, uh, or just that whole episode, uh, The Innocence of Ryloth with Waxer and Boyle and Numa, I think that's probably one of my favorite episodes from season one. And, uh, you know, it's just, like you said, just some great character interaction between the clones and this you know, innocent little girl. And it is kind of almost strange in a way, knowing that like they can be so caring. And at the same time you see them turn on the Jedi. Um, and also, I don't know if I would say this is my favorite moment, but that episode really enhances one of my favorite episodes, which is carnage of Krell. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll, I don't even know if I can still say that's my absolute favorite episode, but at the time I can certainly say I had the most, um, maybe the most emotional reaction to that episode, the most shocked reaction. I mean, there were so many great moments in that episode from, 
um, the firing squad at the beginning where the clones line up to execute Fives and Jesse, and then they end up not, you know, they disobey Krell's orders and don't execute them. And then, um, you know, the clones going to arrest Krell. And I mean, I still get chills when he turns around and says, it's treason then, you know, it's like, (laughs) but uh, I mean, definitely one of the moments in that episode that hit me, in the gut was when, uh, you know, Krell pits the two clone squads against each other. And it's, uh, you know, Rex and the 501st against guys that they think are on barons and clone armor. And I remember the first time I saw the shot of, you know, you really get to see like the yellow detail on those guys armor. And I was like, Holy crap, those aren't on barons. Those are Obi-Wan's guys. And then in the aftermath of the battle, you find out that waxer was the one leading them and he got killed and he's still got Numa painted on his helmet. And I was like, Oh, why would you do that to me? Yeah, I felt the exact same way. Like I was like on the edge of my seat, literally. <laughs> I was watching that episode. I pretty much had the same reaction you did. But I like how, like Dane said in that episode, Innocence of Rylots. It's, it's such a great episode, but it's just funny how when I think of my favorite Clone Wars moments, that one doesn't pop up to my head immediately. But then when someone mentions that, like when I read it in the email, I was like, yeah, that one's awesome. Like, how come I didn't think of that <laughs> like originally? Because there's just so many great Clone Wars moments that I guess some get lost in the shuffle, but... Yeah, like you said too, Carnage to Krell just makes it even harder <laughs> to to watch it when you know what happens and let alone with Order sixty six. So yeah, great picks there. Yeah. Okay. Now we're uh, once again over the two hour mark, so we're gonna try to wrap this up quick. But Tim, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat real quick. Oh no! If you have to pick one favorite moment from the Clone Wars, what would it be? I uh, see. Well, I might not even know it yet. It might be some of the last missions, but <laughs> okay, as of right now. Okay. Um, okay, here it goes. This this one just stands out to me. I just love how it plays out. Probably in the episode Overlords, where the father is putting Anakin to the test. So who's he going to save? Obi-Wan or Ahsoka? And they're held captive by the daughters and the son. And I just love the moment where Anakin just shows he's the chosen one. I mean, the place goes dark. His voice gets so deep. He takes full control of the son and the daughter. And I just love how it just showed Anakin pretty much showing his full potential as a chosen one they're seeing his power taking control of both the light side and the dark side and the, like i said the voice effect that he had where he says like on your knees is taking just showing he's in command of the force that's what i got out of it i just got chills when i first saw that like oh man <laughs> so if i had to pick one i'd probably go with that but there's so many other good ones so that obi-wan satine moment like brian and dane mentioned i mean I don't see how that cannot be on anyone's top list of favorite Clone Wars moments just for the reasons they gave and just how it shows what a great character Obi-Wan is and uh, so many great ones. But I think I have to go with that Overlord's one. That one has always stood out from the moment, first moment I saw it. Yeah, that is definitely a good pick. Um, how about and- you? Do you have one? <laughs> Oh, man. It's like as I was asking you the question, I was like, I don't even know if I have this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, oh, gosh. You know, maybe I'll just go with, okay, this this might seem like kind of a cheating answer. Um, I might have to just say the whole episode of Citadel Rescue. Um, because that has been, I mean, there have been some episodes that I've kind of liked more than that. But at the time that episode aired, that instantly became my favorite episode. And it still is kind of the one I go back to as one of my favorites, if not my favorite episode, because to me, it just has some of everything that I love about the Clone Wars, um, except for a lightsaber duel. But you've got 
some Jedi action. You've got clone trooper action. You've got references to the to the movies where Commander Cody jumps up on the crab droid, and I love those kind of little yeah. references <laughs> that they throw in there. The space battle at the end was really cool. Um, you've got some humor in there. You've got some tragedy where Evan Peel gets killed, and they have the little funeral scene for him. And um, then I think they they cap it all off with the Anakin Tarkin relationship. And at the end, when they're back at the Jedi temple after the whole mission is complete and, uh, you can tell Tarkin doesn't really like the Jedi, but then he turns to Anakin and, you know, this is kind of the one Jedi that he kind of gets along with. And he's like, you know, congratulations on a job well done, General Skywalker. And they shake hands and you hear just like three notes of the Imperial March and so great. Um, so I could even say that that, well, I don't know if I'd say that moment is my single greatest moment. Um, in fact, if I had to pick one, one moment, I might say it's the end of the wrong Jedi. Um, that's another one that, that's another great one too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the most emotional moment for me. Um, and not even the very end when Ahsoka's walking away, but just the moment when she's standing before the Jedi council and declines to, uh, to, you know, go back into the Jedi order. In fact, you know what, for, for the sake of this right now, I'll say that's my favorite moment because there's one subtle little detail in there. And I might've mentioned this before, but I think it's something most people probably don't notice unless you've watched the episode several times is when, uh, you know, when Ahsoka just reaches up to take her Padawan braid back from Anakin and instead just closes his hand around it and says, I'm sorry, master, I'm not coming back. And she turns to walk out. Anakin runs out after her and then you see the council standing there and Obi-Wan wants to run out after Anakin like he takes a step forward and Plo Koon puts a hand on his shoulder and pulls him back and I'm just like that's such a tiny thing that most people probably don't notice it's you know it's a wide shot of like all the Jedi Council members it's from behind so it's not like something that they really focus on but it's just a subtle detail that I think adds so much to what's already a, a really deep scene you know obviously it has so much character emotion and development in there for Anakin and Ahsoka, but just to add that moment between Obi-Wan and Plo Koon in as well, it's just like, wow. So yeah, I think for me, that's, that's probably got to be at least the, the most emotional moment, if not the, the greatest, but yeah, for right now, I'll say that's the, my favorite moment. Um, but yep. really just one of many, I probably yeah. can't pick just one. And yep. like you said, we may have totally different favorite moments in a week. Yeah, we're definitely have to come back to this question once <laughs> yeah, we sure. have results. But uh, yeah, thank you to both you guys for uh, for writing in and uh, responding to our contest, and hope you've uh, enjoyed playing Attack Squadrons and that you got to get in there for the beta. So um, yeah, if you guys did get to play it, go ahead and let us know uh, what you thought of it, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, and like I said, that beta ends today, so I might have to go play a little bit more tonight. But um, I've been enjoying it. Um, but yeah, thanks for, uh, for writing in there guys. So that's it for this episode. Uh, it's been another long one, but you know us, once we get started on talking Clone Wars and Rebels, we'll just go forever. Um, so (laughs) thank you guys for tuning in. Um, if you want to send us questions, comments, etc., you can, uh, email us at starwarstsc at gmail.com. You can visit us online at starwarstsc.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues, and you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC, um, and you can also find us on iTunes and leave us a review on there if you enjoy the show. 
Um, hope you guys all enjoyed the Clone Wars bonus content. We will, I'm sure, be back with another episode to talk about those episodes after we've watched them all on Netflix. But uh, it's coming up in just a few days, so watch them, enjoy them. If you don't have Netflix yet, get it. Get your free trial, whatever. Um, even if you've already used your free trial, it's only $8 a month, so that's cheaper than you would pay for a DVD box set of these episodes. So, um, yeah, just hope you guys check them out and enjoy them, and we will see you next time. May the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. <laughs>